was smiling through his own personal hell. Dropped his last dime in a wishing well, but he was hoping too close and then he fell. Now he's Casper the friendly ghost. He was always polite to the people who tell him that he was nothing but a lazy bum, but goodbye to them, he had to go. Welcome to Heroes of Noise. My name is Dan. It's a beautiful day outside. I thought I'd stop by and talk to you guys. San Steve. Uh, doesn't mean that I'm by myself today because I have a great couple of guests for you. People that I respect their opinions, like their voices. They're funny. I listen to them all the time. They're fucking great. With me today, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Stark from the Stark cast. What's up, Joe? Hey, happy to be here, dude. Thank you, man. Thanks for doing this on a, not necessarily a short notice, but thank you for humoring me and doing this. I don't know exactly what you guys are going to think about this today, but um, we're talking about kids, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm not ready to talk about that quite just yet because I have another guest for you. You may have heard this guy's name once or twice. He goes by the name of Brian or Leftover Brian. You might know him from pop culture leftovers. Brian, what's going on, man? Oh my God. We're talking about fucking kids this week. (laughs) Dan, I honestly, I think like we should not even talk about kids. We should just talk about the fact that you want to talk about kids. Yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, hold on. And why? (laughs) I think this is some form of like a case study with me and I don't know exactly why. This is how it went down. I'm on Facebook. I follow this voodoo page and it just comes up. It says kids is available July 1st. And I thought about it, man, and I'm like, wow. The last time, I've only seen that movie one time up until this weekend. And I don't know about you. I'm going to ask what your experience was seeing this movie. But when I saw this movie, it was 1995. I was married. I had no kids or anything like that. And it was probably one of the realest movies that I've ever seen before. It's not a movie that I would just go up to anyone and be like, you know, you really need to watch this movie. Because it's like, um, you know testing your gauge with like temperatures in the water. Everyone has like a different threshold. Everyone has a different threshold with this movie. But the one common thing that I found, the one common thread that I found talking to people about kids is that everyone was a little bit disturbed by it, just basically disturbed by the realness of it. And it stuck with me for 25 years now. And I'm, you know, like when I saw it, it fucked with me a little bit. I'm like, you know, I have to watch this again because I have to find out if this movie was in fact as fucked up as I thought it was. And when I say fucked up, I don't necessarily mean like it's just the most crudest, outlandish thing you've ever seen. I think what it is, is that I enjoy a good slap in the face of reality every once in a while. And, you know, this is 1995. I don't think things have gotten any better. If anything, they've gotten worse. And um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about or why I wanted to talk to you guys about it is that I'm significantly older than you, Joe. I think by several years, Brian, I'm older than you as well. 
six years, 10 years, whatever makes a big difference when you're viewing something for the first time. So I'm curious where you guys were at with it. You know, did it affect you? Did it stick with you? I'm very curious. So that's the reason. But yeah, it's fucked up. And, you know, you can blame it all on me. I feel, I feel like this is just like a therapy session for you. <laughs> like seriously i feel it like, could I feel be like, i do i feel like it's just a therapy session uh here for dan i don't i mean uh it's i guess it's one of those movies that i kind of just like i watched it and i was like yeah that was fucked up let's take this movie and bury it in the recesses of my brain never to be brought back again we're going to be talking about the old guard later and there's a character in that that's locked in an iron coffin and it's put into the ocean <laughs> i did that fucking shit with this movie when i saw it 25 fucking years ago and now you're bringing it back up dan this so is, did I-, I that's the thing <laughs> i did too and then it fucking came back and it just bit me on the ass and i'm like i i I have to go back. I have to see if this movie is as fucked up as it was the first time. Spoilers, ladies and gentlemen, it, it is. It's still fucked up. So, yeah, you know what? Thank you for humoring me. But what is what, what is more fucked up? The fact that now you're dragging me and Joe into this. <laughs> you could have said no. I'm glad you said yes. But something tells me this movie fucked you up, and I, I can't wait to hear it. And if it didn't, I'm just glad to be talking to you, man, because I haven't talked to you since C2E2. I hear you every week on Pop Culture Leftovers, but... Talking face-to-face or not necessarily face-to-face. Just talking in, in real time. It's kind of nice, you know? I missed you, Brian. What can I say? I know, but why can't we just have a fucking taster's choice moment and talk about, you know, the weather and, <laughs> and you know, I mean, fuck. We can talk about a lighter subject, COVID-19, but you want to talk about kids. Yeah, I don't know. What's worse, COVID-19 or kids? Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> Uh, we'll get into it, man. We'll, 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 I guess, God, I hate saying this, but I guess we'll unpack kids here in a moment. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, who would you rather hang out with? Like the actual COVID 19 or any of the characters in this movie? <laughs> I would rather fucking sleep with COVID 19 than Telly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. If I have to watch fucking McLovin hit on another fucking 12 year old girl in a movie, I'm. Too, I, <laughs> I could not handle it. Like, oh, my. Okay. I'll save it. We'll save it. We're going to get there. But seriously, just real quick. Because, oh, by the way, this is going to be a complete spoiler. There's no way around, like, spoiling this. You have to spoil this movie. You're going to talk about it. Otherwise, it's just going to sound like a bunch of cryptic shit. Maybe that's better for you, the listener, that hasn't seen this movie before. I'm going to start off by telling you right now, I will not recommend this movie to anyone. Like, if you... <laughs> Go down the road of watching this movie. It's on you. I'm just putting it out there. We're just dedicating and, an entire fucking episode to it. Yeah, well, uh, 75% of it. Oh, the irony. <laughs> I knew this was a bad idea. God damn it, Brian. There was no way. Listen, listen, I love you, Dan, but there was no way I was going to get on here. The movie's not normal, and just even having a podcast about it is not normal this is not normal dude. no it's not and it's not it's, like, it's not like this is the fucking slash film cast this is yes you know what i think you're 100 right i think this is therapeutic for me i will go that far the movie fucked me up brian i i honestly i i i wish i w- had a david chen to hold on to right now because this <laughs> we're, we're jumping into scary territory i'm you're scaring me dan we're talking about kids I am scared of everything that's about to be talked about, I think, because, but here's the fucking deal. And I'm not even going to be like, like super serious. Like, let's tone it down and let's just talk about the seriousness of this and, and how, you know, it's, uh, it's essential that our children are watching us today. I know the, uh, 
the traumas that can happen to them. No, 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 no. It's not at all. It's just so fucking fucked up. It was one of those, what did I just watch? And I started watching it again yesterday because I didn't want to like, I wanted it to be fresh. You know, I don't know why, because I mean, if you're going to talk about the really sick shit, why not make it fresh? And like my opinion has not changed whatsoever. The only thing that's different is now that I'm a parent. So it makes it like even more fucked up because now I have to, every time I send my kid out into the world, I got to figure like she's going to be safe and, and hopefully have the judgment to stay away from fucking people like Casper and Telly. You know, I'm hoping that I did a good job as a parent. I don't know. Yes, you're 100% right. This is therapeutic. So we'll, we'll move on. We'll get going. We're going to get there, ladies and gentlemen. But hey, welcome to Heroes of Noise, man. And welcome, Joe. Welcome, Brian. I'm glad you guys are here, regardless if you're not prepared to talk about this crazy shit. Thanks, man. (laughs) (laughs) His answer is so better in the direction I was going. (laughs) I see. I don't. I don't even know if the listeners are going to get this. It's just like I literally just watched this, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I literally just watched this. Like this is the first time I've seen it in years. Oh, and the credit time just rolled. Seen the movie. Huh? Sorry, I'll say that again. How many times have you guys seen the movie? I assume uh, once. The one time, yeah. yeah. You, Joe? I've seen this movie more times than I can remember. When, okay. When, when I was so a kid. So who's the sick fucker now? Okay, well, re- real quick. I was 15 when this movie came out. And like I was like a skater kid. And so this was a movie about kids my age that were like skater kids. But, you know, they lived in, in New York. And so the first time I watched this movie, like I knew the all these characters were horrible and I didn't like any of them, but there was like individual scenes in this movie that I just absolutely loved. And so the movie was like this mix of horrifying shit that I hated seeing and other stuff that was great. And now watching again as, as an almost 40 year old man with kids of my own. Now I'm watching it. I'm going, wow, I was a really fucked up kid that I really liked this movie. (laughs) I've got no excuse. I think I was 25 when I saw this movie. Oh my God. I'm just thinking like, Joe, I just want to like grab 15 year old Joe and be like, dude, here's a Thrasher magazine and a VHS copy of Gleaming the Cube. Stop watching this fucking movie. (laughs) I like that this movie is, we're talking about kids and Brian wants to grab a 15 year old Joe. (laughs) No, no. I want to grab him and shake the shit out of him and tell him, stop watching this movie. (laughs) <laughs> and just pick up the here's a Thrasher magazine with skateboards. Here's a Big Brother magazine with skateboards. Here's Gleaming the Cube with a very baby faced Christian Slater. Watch this instead. Yeah, Goonies, anything. Do, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you, folks. I learned how to roll a blunt because of this movie. <laughs> like when, sure a lot of people did. You know? Yeah, I did. It, First time uh, I ever saw I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. Nice. Yeah. But then I, I do remember years later um, when the Iraq and Afghanistan wars were going on, I had a friend that was stationed in Baghdad and he was asking for care patch- packages and he wanted movies that we used to watch from when we were kids. And, he, and that was this was one of the ones he was like, he was like, yeah, throw kids in there. I haven't seen that in a while. I'm like, you don't want to watch that, dude. We're not going to send you that one. <laughs> and so I did have the presence of mind by like 2001, 2002 <laughs> 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 to, to like not recommend it again. But but yeah, this is. I, I can't even tell you how many times I saw this movie, man. I got to tell you, there are some great quotes from this one. Things that I did, I forgot actually came from this movie. One of them was, uh, it's, it's pretty gross, but it's My Girl's Got Mad Flavor. I don't know if you guys remember that. I'm Brian. I'm sure you do. You just watched it just mere minutes ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. But wow. Yeah. 
So before we start getting down this sick road, this weird, dark, foresty road we're going to go down where people are going to come out the same, let's just uh, let's just catch up with you guys. So, Brian, we're, I haven't talked to you, like really talked to you since before the world went crazy. How have you been, sir? What's been going on in your life? Are you good? You don't have to give me this big, long fucking thing. I'm just curious. You doing good? Are you well? <laughs> I'm good as I can be. I, I have, I, you know, honestly, I have more good days than bad days. I, I, now I feel like my parents talking about my elderly grandmother. Well, she has <laughs> more good days than bad days, which is good, which is good. Um, no, I have more good days than bad days. I think this weekend was just like a, a shit storm for me, but I'd say most, most weeks are good. It's just, it's getting a lot warmer here. We were hitting 90 degree weather and I work outside. And so it was a rough week for me. I probably sweat my body weight throughout this entire week. So oh, I have no doubt. What's the highest it's getting for you guys? Like right now today, it's 108 where I'm at. Oh God. There's no way I'm stepping outside. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's even hotter than, than it is here. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're getting into like we I think we got up to like 93 or something like that. But, you know, crazy humidity. So I see. But you're fine. You're fine. Everyone's good. Everyone's healthy and happy and shit. We're good. You have a hangover, Brian. You told me you have a hangover. So that's good. It means that things could have been worse. Wow. I'm really fucking steering the show into the ground. You know what? Let's let's let's, I started off low and I'm just bringing it fucking lower. All that talk of hangovers. I was hoping like that was the movie we'd be reviewing this week is the hangover. (laughs) As opposed to kids. It would certainly be more lighthearted. Yeah. You know what? Thank you guys for making me rethink this. But now we're in the mix. So we're just going to keep on going. (laughs) If you're listening to our show, I think you know who these two gentlemen are. But if you don't, Joe, you want to tell them where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on a couple different podcasts. I do StartCast, which is long, uh, long format conversations. And I also do number one comic books where we review number one comic books. And Brian is actually one of my co-hosts on that. And then, of course, there's this little this little fucking show and some little rinky dink thing that happens every once in a while. Uh, it's called Pop Culture Leftovers. Brian, where can these people find you? Tell them what, the, what you're about. I think most people know. I do. But please, go ahead. That, well, the, the ones that don't, that have gotten like, I don't know, the, the past 10 minutes of me are done with me. They're done. They're done. They're done. Their first taste of me, they're like done. And I'm not even saying that sarcastically. I I get it. There's days where I can't stand myself. So anyway, but yeah, if you want to listen to me, I'm on Pop Culture Leftovers and we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. So yeah, we just if they're this far into it, they're okay because they listen to me every week too. And I'm the guy that always has to do the fucking dick jokes and the ass jokes and stuff on here. I'm the guy with the potty mouth on my show. So you're okay. You're in good company today. They're like, who is this fucking guy? Who is this fucking guy? And I tell each and every one of you, fucking listen to him. He's my friend. He's Brian from Pop Culture Leftover. That's <laughs> Joe from the fucking Starcast. And if you don't like it, get fucked. All right, ladies and gentlemen, because this is just a bonus show. We got another one coming out <laughs> next week. You don't want to listen, don't fucking listen. I don't care, but welcome to my therapy. All right, let's get going, boys. I'm going to snip that for a promo for Starcast. <laughs> If you don't like it, get fucked. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy to record it for you if you'd like, but I I think it's better to take it in the raw. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) More of that to come later. Yeah, for sure. All right, gentlemen. Listen, 
There's a few movies I want to talk about beforehand before we get going. And I know that um, here's the situation, Brian, I hope you don't mind me saying so, but I was actually supposed to be on Pop Culture Leftovers yesterday. I wasn't able to be on there. You, know, you were kind of throwing me a bone because I'm just so goddamn busy these days. I couldn't do it. can't tell you really why I had to work so much this week. It wouldn't be fair to some people, but I will say I've been working my ass off. I had absolutely zero time to watch anything and Brian was good enough to give me a pass. But I thought I would at least try to watch some of the things he was talking about because, you know, I, I knew that, if anything, Brian would want to talk about things twice today. This is actually the second kids podcast I'm doing today. <laughs> I want to talk about one thing first before I know, Joe, there's no way you fucking watch this, Joe. And I don't even know if you talked about this. I haven't listened to the, the recent episode, Brian, but you watched something earlier in the week and uh, I uh, just decided to watch it because and I don't even know how I'm going to rate this one, but I, let's talk about something real quick that's on Amazon Prime right now. It is called Miss Snake Charmer. It's also on Hulu, I believe. And let me just, okay, spoilers. Dude, I could not finish this. Okay, I'm feeling much better about this conversation right now. How far did you get? I got maybe 45 minutes in. And yeah. like, it, it's, it's one of those things where I'm disgusted by uh, everything in this documentary. Like, I mean... Um, the, the, the Dan, tell you what, I will let you give like the premise of everything and then we'll go from there. How's that sound? Fair enough. You know what? This movie is, this documentary is so shitty. I tried to look it up on IMDb to get that little IMDb premise that we can, that I could tell you. I couldn't even find it on there. Um, Miss Snake Charmer. What? Oh, Jesus folks. What can I tell you? Pageant culture. It's just wild. Like, I don't, I don't understand it even on its, uh, it's most finite level. Like if you just go to like your, your, your local downtown pageantry that they're having at the event center, you know, you got a bunch of crazy pageant moms and these poor kids that are subjected to this kind of things and they have no choice. But see, this is the weird part about it. this takes place in uh, oh God, I, think, I believe it was a uh, Sweetwater, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Yeah. Do you happen to re remember the name of the group? I, I just really had a hard time finding it. it was the Sweetwater something or others. Do you remember that? It's not, not that important. <laughs> But it's um, not that important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sweetwater High School has this thing where once a year they have this like week long festival. And, you know, there's just, there's, a, there's fun to be had by all. You probably got some toad racing going on, bake sales, things like that. But at the end of the week, the main event happens and it's called the Miss Snake Charmer pageant. And I cannot wrap my fucking brain around this. It's basically you get these, these, I think they're all high school seniors. And they all show up and they get briefed on what they're going to be doing. And it's the same thing as a pageant. You know, you're wearing your little pageant gown. You got your little talent show and all that kind of stuff. But they have to do this weird, what I considered it to be like, almost like a ritual where they have this pool of, what you say, thousands, thousands of snakes, hundreds of rattlesnakes, just everywhere. They pick these things up and their whole thing is, is that they're not abusing these animals. They're actually working towards like just a you know, curbing the population, keeping them under control. But to do so, they still have to hurt these fucking animals. And they grab, there's this one part where they grab this snake and they have one of the main, um, you know, like the, the contestants, if you will, come up, cut the head off of the snake. They hang the snake up while it's still like writhing all over the place. And then they skin the snake. And that's pretty much it. Like that's, that's like the, I, I don't know. Is there a rite of passage? I, I don't really know what it is. I don't want to talk about this too long because quite honestly, like Brian said in myself too, I barely got through this one. Matter of fact, I got through this one with the intent of Brian talking about it on pop culture leftovers. I don't know if you did or not, but I don't know if it's really worth talking about much, you know, but the pageant mentality, the pageant culture is just so fucking wild. I, I don't get it. These kids look like, um, like Stepford wives. 
towards the end, you know, it's, it's just this, they all look the same kind of, they're all different, uh, you know, races for the most part. I mean, actually that's not true. There's like mostly white people and a few Hispanic girls from Texas, but then they have this one girl that's on there who looks completely different than the rest of them. Like she's kind of gothy. And as soon as I saw her, I knew she was going to be out. Like there was no way she was going to stick with these people. Cause you could just see it all over her, her, like her body language. You could just tell she wasn't in it. I don't even know what to make of this one, Brian. Like, what was your takeaway? Even though you left early, what was your takeaway with this? Oh God, I, I hate pageant culture. I hate, I hate, I, I even like just the documentary itself was not interesting at all. Huh. And um, I mean, it was basically it was just like okay, uh, the gimmick of this. Pa- okay, here's here's the gimmick of this documentary. Uh, these girls are doing a pageant, but oh, what's different about this? Oh, they they kill snakes. They kill snakes, and, and they call and, it the rattlesnake roundup. Yeah, and, and I was, I was out. I was out at, at like forty-five minutes. I was like, maybe I'll get back to. It. I didn't even talk about it on PCL. I was just like, I, yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really care <laughs> to talk about it. I was just kind of like uh, disturbed by. It. I, I don't really care about like that treatment of the, of the, of the animal. I think it's like um, kind of disrespectful. I understand, like hunters and stuff like that curbing the population and and uh you know eating eating the meat and stuff like that and i I understand that Uh, i personally am not a hunter but like on the flip side it's like i understand that and but i just can't see like um there there was it's not respectful this this whole (laughs) this whole thing it's not respectful i can't see like uh this this was not handed down from the native american tribes it's not like they were having you know uh you know, Miss Navajo and then, then fucking killing snakes and prancing around in a bikini later on. I, it was ridiculous. It is the weirdest mesh of cultures that maybe I've ever seen, or at least that I've seen in a long time. It just, these two things just don't go together. So, but that's, you know what? No offense, but that's Texas for you, I guess. I, I that's the, I've, I, <laughs> I'm from California. We don't see shit like this. We have a lot of our own problems, but I've never seen anything quite like this before. I'm not going to give it any kind of wacky rating or anything like that. I'm just going to tell you that I, I thought this was, um, I won't call it trash. I won't call it like a piss poor documentary. It just didn't really interest me because I couldn't relate. Like there was nothing in this documentary that I could relate to. Therefore, I just really just kind of tuned it out, finished it for the sake of going on your show. And again, thank you for giving me the pass. But yeah, you know what? If I had to give it a number, I'm just going to go ahead and give it like a, I'll just give it like a, like a Jesus, like a 1.5 out of five, really. There was really nothing much to this. I couldn't relate whatsoever. I, I will call it trash. How about that? No, yeah. do it, please. I, I will. like that. I, yeah, I, I, there's, uh, I don't know. I, I, the, I, these, the, these people are terrible, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> They're just people I could never chill with on any level whatsoever. Yeah, Miss, Miss Snake Charmer. I don't know what's worse, that or for kids. <laughs> I mean, I know there's weirder shit going on down south somewhere. I know they have the rattlesnake churches and stuff like that. But um, what's going to be fucked up is like when Joe says, "Like, yeah, you know me, me and my wife are talking about if we ever had a daughter, send her down to Sweetwater to do the old Miss Snake Charm." It's always been the family dream. Yeah, you already watched kids like 27 times. I'm sure that (laughs) (laughs) Joe's like, "This actually sounds pretty interesting." The pageantry stuff is super creepy. I've 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 never understood it. Like at any age and the younger it gets, the creepier it gets. Oh my God. I mean, you know, my sister is four years younger than me, but I remember when she was, we're talking first grade. I don't know why my parents did this. They're not weird people. 
they weren't my dad. My dad's dead, but he wasn't weird. They they just did this because I don't know why. I don't know if it was like, hey, my daughter's doing it too. Go ahead and join in. But my sister did this shit. And even back then, I must have been nine, ten tops. I'm like, this is the weirdest shit ever. They're putting these kids in like full on makeup. Ah, it just gives me the fucking creeps. You know what? I'm going to stop talking about it because trust me, what's coming down the road is going to give you way more creeps than this movie will give you. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say skip this one. Don't watch it. It's not worth it. Miss Snake Charmer. If you're into that kind of thing and you like snakes and shit, go for it. Otherwise, I would completely stay away from it. Well, there's a, there's a completely different thing about liking snakes and then liking and then watching <laughs> pageant contestants like kill one and skin one. Like they literally show you the girl like chopping its head off. And just smiling awkwardly at the camera. Yeah. It's just the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing. I, I mean, honestly, it's again, Amazon Prime, if you want to watch it on Hulu, I apparently uh, Miss Snake Charmer. I got not, nothing more to say about that one. So let's talk about something that we all have seen. And I'm glad that you both are on because I know that you have both read the, uh, the material that actually where this spawned from. I'm very curious about this. I want you to school me on it because we're talking about the old guard that just premiered on Netflix last Friday. Now, Brian, I know you say Charlie's Theron. Is it Theron yeah, or is it Theron? I listen to Hollywood Babylon and Ralph Garman, one of the hosts on that with Kevin Smith, uh, personally knows her. And that's how he says her name, Charlie, uh, Charlie's Theron. I would be willing to bet that both of you are wrong. And I'm going to prove it right now. Let's see. Oh, I, think, I, I, think it, I think it's Theron. I think you've been saying it wrong, man. Oh, no. I, all this time. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Are you going to be okay? I'm just curious, man. I'm, I think it is. I'm just saying I, I, I like to give people the proper call, you know, and I, I have a feeling that you've been saying it wrong. I just want to check it out real quick. Is that all right with you? Let's see here. Here we go. What if I said no? What if I said that's... Uh... I would pretty much say, you know, we're going to fucking do it anyway. <laughs> what, if, what if I said no? Like, I feel like it's a little fucked up that you're singling me out here on saying this woman's you must be tough for that kind of shit. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do it right now. Tehran. That's not right. Charlie's I guarantee it. That sounds yeah, right. Tehran? Okay. Yeah, then Charlie's we're going with Charlie's Tehran. You know what? Stick with Tehran. I think it sounds better. I don't think she'd mind. I don't know. You think she's listening? I know she's not listening to this one. So Look, now, at, look at you. You're, sh- you're all shaky now that you were, you were wrong too. I, I never said I was right. I'm just Shakier saying Tehran didn't sound right. I think it's Theron. I think it's uh, Theremin. Theremin? That they used to record the Star Trek theme song back in 1960-something. Theremin's that weird, like, electro- electronic vibration thing, right? <laughs> yes. Like, woo-woo-woo, yeah. that kind of shit. That's yeah. nice, Brian. Nice pool. Nice pool. We need to find a video of her pronouncing her name, like, like introducing herself or something. Yeah. I'm willing to bet. You know what? I'm not going to waste the time on this show. I think we should just Google it, but I'm pretty fucking sure it's You've there. You've wasted so much time on this already, Dan. We might as well. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> when your friends bully you into Googling. All right. I'm going to fucking I Google didn't want right to. Do- I said no at the- from the beginning. I said no. <laughs> but you did this, Dan. I think I found it. Oh, I did find it. Here she is. How to pronounce Charlize Theron? Well, that was it. Charlize Theron. Boom. Charlize. There it is. I feel no more important than I did five minutes ago. But Theron, there it is. Straight from the horse's mouth. All right. There we go. We good? We all, we've, we've grown from this. We've, we've had a, uh, <laughs> we've matured from this. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh God, I need another beer. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> now you know why Steve hosts the, the show. The I'm just good at replying at shit. Steve's the host. You, know? you are regretting having me on. I know you are. <laughs> never. Never, my friend. <laughs> See, I used to get nervous talking to you, Brian. I don't get nervous anymore. Like, especially since we had some FaceTime together. Now yeah, you're just yeah. like, my, you're like my boy, you know, but, but I, I get nervous when it comes to hosting. Oh, stop it. I'm, I'm, no, 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 I'm not bagging on myself. I'm just saying. I, I'm more of the uh, guy that like, uh, I'm the guy, I'm the man in the chair kind of shit. You know what I mean? So work with me. We'll be all right. The old guard, ladies and gentlemen. This is on Netflix, again, starring Charlize Theron, as she puts it. I know that this was a graphic novel, and I know that you guys have read it. Before we talk about the movie, can you guys give me some insight onto, because I, honestly, I did not study for this. This is something I watched just this morning, or no, excuse me, late last night. And I'm just curious, can you tell me a little bit about it? How, do you like the comic? Is it worth reading? What do you think? I'll just start off by saying, like, I read the comic when it first came out. It's been a while since I've read it, but I loved it. And it. I will say that, Joe, from what I remember, this started off just like the comic when when all the bodies are on the on the ground and they're and they're dead and and they're you know then then you get the twist. Is that yeah correct? yeah yeah that that's pretty well. I don't know if it like the comic specifically starts with panels of them on the ground, but the 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 whole scenario where they get brought in under the, you know this this false pretense and they get taken down into this room. And then they they're killed, and then there's cameras on them. That that's all straight out of the comic. Shut up, Charlie. Sorry, she started talking again. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, just, you just you just had to hear it again. How right you were. <laughs> I just wanted to rub it in Brian's face. <laughs> You're just over there basking in your Theron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I I read this when it was coming out as well. I I have the single issues uh, oh, yeah. somewhere in my closet, and, and I've got the the trade in paperback. And what's funny is before the lockdown, I'd actually taken it into work. And then when I moved my whole office home, I left that damn trade there. And so now I've been going back and forth on whether or not to buy it on digital too. So now I'll buy it a third time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this this comic is fucking fantastic. And right now there's a sequel to it that's out uh, called Old uh, The Old Guard Force Multiplied. And issue number five of that is going to drop on Wednesday. And this movie had elements of the 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 follow-up comic in it as well so it's i'm i'm wondering when this next issue of force multiplied comes out is it going to have more stuff in it that that the movie alludes to because there are a couple noticeable differences in the movie versus the source material but as a tremendous fan of the source material i thought this movie did a really good job adapting it didn't greg rucka write the screenplay for this movie too um, I th- I think he did. I, 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 I think it said screenplay by Greg Rucka. I wouldn't be surprised because a lot of the really, really like poignant stuff from the comics was was in here. Um, the the whole scene with with Joe and Nikki when um, when he's like saying, you know, like this, this isn't my boyfriend, you know, this and then he goes into that whole speech. That's all straight out of the comic, which was great. There, there was one line that wasn't in the movie that I was super disappointed about. And do you remember when and or I'm kind of jumping around with this, but do you remember when she comes back into the church and Joe and Nicky are gone and Booker's there and he's kind of been blown apart and it's taking him a while to come back up awake. And she's starting to think that maybe he's dead mm-hmm. in the comic. She has a thought where she goes, why him and not me? Like she's like, oh, there's a part of her that's jealous that he was the one that got to die. Really? Yes. And because what was really cool too is that every one of the single issues on the very 
back cover, it would have like a quote from the comic. And I think that that was issue number two. And that was the quote that was on the back of the book or on the last page or, you know, after the letters somewhere in there. And it, and it had that, you know, why, why does basically Andy saying, why does he get to die? And I don't, and it just feeds more into her character that, that it's, it's for her immortality has become tragic. Yeah. Such a burden. I mean, that's what I got out of it. Just by watching the movie, it seems like none of them want to be there. It's just the cards they've been dealt. And they're just meandering through centuries because they've got nothing. They have no other choice, hoping that their powers are going to like, you know, expire. And I won't go too far into that, but it seems like no, but no one really wants to be there. And, and, and let me ask you a question real quick in regards to the comic. Does it go into like where this power came from? I know they kind of touched on it a little bit in the movie, but is it something that they go into a little bit further where you, you, you find out why they're getting these powers and, and like where it stems from? No, they don't even know. Yeah, they can just build on it like they did off like a Walking Dead or something where they just stretch it out for years. But when I first started reading the book, like I was like, oh, my God, is it, I thought it was a vampire comic. I can see that. So, I mean, you know, and, and then and then, you know, you find out it's there, it's immortal. So but and I'm glad that they didn't go the vampire route because that happens. <laughs> we get yeah. a lot of vampire stories, though. Yeah, it's getting a little bit played out. I did notice, do you, did you think the aesthetic was something that Netflix is starting to just sort of utilize a lot? For instance, what was the, I'm sorry, I didn't pull it up, but the, uh, the movie that, um, Chris Hemsworth was just in extraction. Uh, thank you. Extraction. And then of course there was the, uh, the other one that was just out with, uh, Ben Affleck and they all go triple, and triple thank frontier, you. I believe. Yeah. These movies all seem to have like the same aesthetic to me. And for some reason it always tends to fall into like, um, middle Eastern bad guys you know, bad brown guys, but it's, it seems like it's for me, I'm not going to like go off on some kind of like political statement or anything for me. It works. I know a lot of people don't like that, but it just seems like Netflix is getting to this point where it's like, okay, this is working. Let's just work with this for a while until it, we've ex- exhausted it much like say a zombie genre or a werewolf genre, what have you. They seem to be doing some, like it's, it's all military in that type of a, you know, a setting, but they're just changing up the, you know, the, the mixture, basically. I happen to like this movie a lot. I don't know where you guys, where it falls since you've actually read the material. But real quick, for the people that haven't seen this movie yet, because again, it did just come out very recently on Friday. Let me just give you the premise. It says, led by a warrior named Andy, played by Charlize Theron, Theron excuse me, a covert group of tight-knit mercenaries with a mysterious inability to die have fought to protect the mortal world for centuries. But when the team is recruited to take on an emergency mission and their extraordinary abilities are suddenly exposed, it's up to Andy and Niall, played by Kiki Lane, the newest soldier, to join their ranks to help the group eliminate the threat, those who seek to replicate and monetize their power by any means necessary. There's one thing with this movie that surprised me more than anything. And it's the fact that fucking Dudley Dursley is in this movie. <laughs> That's the last thing I expected to see. You know, and the thing is, he's got that look. He's got that pointy nose, kind of like beady eye. He looks like a villain. He's always looked like a villain. His eyes are <laughs> unnaturally close together. Like right? he has they to really wear are. special glasses. Like they, like he can't just buy sunglasses off the rack. They, they don't work on his head. No, no, no. They're definitely customized. He looks like what the guy who played Neville Longbottom should have looked like. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I don't mean to be mean, but he kind of grew up looking exactly like I thought he was going to look. Whereas, like, say someone that played, what's that guy that played Neville Longbottom? He turned into a handsome bastard. When you met these kids, 
back in the day. They just looked like these cute little kids and we watched them grow up and we saw what was going to happen to each and every one of them. And I have to say, honestly, Neville kind of came out okay. Like he's a handsome guy, but Dudley, Dudley looks better than he did, but he still looks like a fucking, like just a whack job. Like a, like a, he looks like a criminal. He looks like the guy that should be the antagonist in a movie. I thought he did okay. What are you going to rate him? What are you going to rate him? I'm not going to rate him at all, actually, Brian. I don't really think I feel like rating him at all, actually. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm just kidding. I felt like we were, just, we were just getting into this whole like comparison between them. So I was like, let's fuck it. Let's, that's what we do. We rate things. Let's rate them. You want to rate him? Let's rate him. I don't care. You want to give him a rating? I don't know. I, you know, yeah, Neville Longbottom, he, he pulled like a Jerry O'Connell, and I'm going to give him like a 4.5. I mean, he really went that handsome route. Are we talking out of five, a 4.5 out of five? Because that's a pretty high rating. Yeah. I mean, wow. seriously, look at what he looked before. I'm talking about the overall transformation here, man. That's a 4.5 out of five. He came up. They all kind of came up, really. But uh, yeah, I was worried about Dudley for a while. I really should call him by his normal name. And um, I think it's Harry Milling, if I'm not mistaken. Harry Milling? Yeah, that's him. Harry Milling. Yeah. He just looks like your, your typical British villain. You know, I think, I don't know. I was kind of happy to see him because I was always wondering like what happened to him, but I'm happy to see him, man. I think he'll be okay. What do you think? You think he did a good job? Because I've only seen him play Dudley Dursley as a villain, as someone that, I don't know if you guys have seen him in other things, but as a villain, as an adult, do you think he did an okay job? Dude, I I think he did an excellent job playing a Weasley, little <laughs> like, like in, and they kept saying that he was the youngest um, you know, pharmaceutical leader or something. I don't recall if that's directly out of the comic, but I almost wondered if that was a jab at that, um, that shitty guy that tried to make the, the yeah, I thought the same thing. The, pharma, yeah, the uh, EpiPens like super expensive or whatever. Pharma douche. I forget his like name. Skakel yeah. or some shit like that. Is this a guy that is in the comics? Merrick, the character Merrick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Okay. And is he does it because it's like it seems like they they could have used him more i don't know i imagine that there's going to be a sequel i know we're not going to just break this movie down completely but it seems to me for obvious reasons there's going to be a sequel is it do you think that they could have utilized him more i think they utilized him like in just comparing it to the source material i think they utilized him about as much as they did in the comics because in the comics copley's the one who sets him up and and it's the the pharmaceutical company that's kidnapping them because they're trying to, you know, unlock their genetic code to to use it for like, you know, pharmaceutical drugs. Um, it, unless it's more stuff that's going to come out in Force Multiplied, uh, the the all of Copley's backstory with discovering the history of them and and his wife having ALS and stuff. I don't recall that from the comics, but it could pop up in this next one because Copley's in this next book. I don't know, man. I got to say that. As someone that is just coming into this with no outside reference of the comic or anything like that, I really like this movie. I mean, it's not a perfect movie. There are definitely some times where there's some cheesy lines that are thrown in there. Uh, but Charlize kills it. I don't know about you guys, man. This is something that I've told people before, and they're like, oh, fucking, that's crazy. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on this fucking hill. I think she should have been Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think she'd have made a great Captain Marvel. And, dude, I, I loved this movie, too. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if you if you want me to give a rating on it yet or or, or save it, but I mean, as a I mean, do you want me to give a rating right now, Dan? Sure, why not? Okay, for, I mean, for me, this movie's a five out of five. I I uh, oh, nice. I loved it from from beginning to end. I was just smiling ear to ear, and 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 that's coming as from like a, a huge fan of the source material. And and there were some some the, her go big or go home line was was really dumb. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, that's funny. That's one of the lines I was like, "Oof, that's kind of bad." Yeah, and and some you know adaptations from from source material that's really near and dear to my heart. On the one level, they they freak me out, and this is one of those ones where they 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 stayed close enough to the source material, and it, it even had enough of the direct lines that I loved so much from the comic that it did everything I I wanted it to. And so this was absolutely a five out of five for me. Nice. How about you, Brian? Well, that's, I mean, yeah, looking at this, that Greg Rucka wrote the screenplay. So he was like, I mean, you know, you look at like how involved, you know, J.K. Rowling was in the Harry Potter movies. Greg Rucka was just as involved in this. So um, I, I, I liked it. I, I, Joe, I wanted more action, dude. I, I love the action in this. Charlize Theron with that fucking axe was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I loved it. It was a mix of like uh, all the sword fighting, um, uh, uh, the acrobatics and like just her, her different, her style, her style of fighting was just incredible. And then uh, a little bit of like John Wick Gung Fu too. There was a yes, lot, totally. lot of headshot. So it was, I mean, it was a super fun to watch with those action scenes. I think I just wanted a little bit more like high octane action just a little bit more um i I guess you're getting into like uh, at that point are you going to be comparing it to like her role in atomic blonde or whatever but um i'm i'm definitely uh i think i'm at about i'll give it a four i'll give it a four out of five i really did enjoy it i did enjoy it and i'm looking forward to a sequel if it gets greenlit which i would think you know charlie's theron being the big actor that she is that netflix is probably gonna want i mean extraction's getting a sequel i can't see this not it seems like they're really gearing these movies like all of the ones that have been coming out lately they're gearing them up for that you know and it's not necessarily a bad idea i think this movie totally deserves a sequel i like the way it ended um bit of a cliffhanger and i really like the character of nile was she in the comics as well yeah Okay, yeah, I like that character. Like, Kiki Lane killed it on that. And the whole cast is, like, really good, man. I agree with Brian. I think it needed a little bit more action. Um, very, very much in the vein of John Wick. That's, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was thinking that the entire time, especially in that one scene, which I won't blow for anybody, but it's when she goes and, yeah, you know, she basically goes back into a certain area and takes care of everyone that all at amazing. once. She goes hard as a motherfucker on. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. She's fucking ham. And I think that... um I know Charlize is getting a little up there in age, not too much. I mean, she's younger than I am, but I'm saying as far as like if how Hollywood sees people like that, but I feel like she really, I don't don't even know if she was even ever like thought of for this or anything like that. But I think that the action that she does, the way she plays the character, the fact that she's just a fucking brilliant actress to begin with, I think she really could have made a great Captain Marvel. I know I'm never going to get that or anything, but it's just like when I saw this movie last night, very late, I guess I could actually say it was early this morning. That's kind of all I could think of, man. Like she's so good. Her and fucking Furiosa, like she has found her niche. And I know that's always kind of been her thing. I can't remember the first movie that she was in. I I believe it was called The Way of the Gun, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, she comes out, she's wearing this like skin tight, silver fucking like, I don't know, just the skin tight shit. But she was killing it. She was always good with the martial arts, at least as far as on film goes. There was one thing about the movie and I couldn't figure out if this was her or if they were doing this on purpose, because we know that that character is um, coming to a certain point in, her, in her, her life. We'll just say that. Was there parts in this movie where they were making her look like, um, like almost cracked, if you will? I don't know if you, you guys caught that. Like her, her skin looked like pale and almost like cracked. Did anyone notice that? 
Or am I just talking on my ass right now? Yeah, I thought she had that look as well. Because it wasn't like that all the time. And I don't know if they were doing that on purpose or not. But, I mean, she still looks the part, man. She's still this beautiful woman that has this badass action in her, in her movies. I cannot wait to see the sequel to this. I think that what they're going to do, and hopefully they'll do this correctly, is kind of take what people are saying about this movie and expand on that and kind of tweak the things that could have worked a little bit better and just make it that much better of a movie. It's, it's guaranteed this movie's going to come out. I think that it's probably... It's probably, honestly, one of my favorite Netflix originals that I've seen so far. I was very surprised by it because I went in completely cold, and I loved it. So, yeah, I will give this movie a uh, four and a half out of five. I thought it was really, really good. Joe, um, Greg Rucka wrote Lazarus, and, like, isn't Lazarus going somewhere? I, I, I seem to remember hearing something about that. And yeah, dude, Lazarus is fucking fantastic. I, I, I think I like Lazarus more than The Old Guard, but, I mean, they're, they're both great. Wow, dude, that would be, I've never thought about ranking those like that. I mean, I've read a lot more Lazarus. I, I think I've read Lazarus like all the way up to like volume seven or something like that. Like it's, cause that, that's been an ongoing book for a long time. And then it's had a couple weird little spinoffs for it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I, Dan, I think you'd like both of these books. Like I, I highly recommend you to pick up the old guard, but, but Lazarus is another really good one. That's like a dystopian future book Yeah, where there's like all these different families and each family has like a, a, a Lazarus, which is like this super warrior that can fight for them. And like, uh, they're almost like a, like an enhanced soldier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like well, the, it's Lazarus because they like they're they can come back. They, 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 yeah, they come back. They're they're aren't they dead to begin with? It's it's something fucked up like that. Because yeah. as you go further in the books, there's like clones that are getting regrown and shit like that, and there's certain memories that they keep from them. And but it, like the world building in that book is so good. Yeah, it's so good. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to fucking Charlie's Theron being uh, Theron being in that. Now I got you all fucked up about the Theron. I'm sorry. I know that whole fucking Theron back Theron thing. Jesus Christ! <laughs> 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 no, but um, oh, I was I was thinking uh, she was in talks, and I don't know if it was with with and with Marvel Studios, but it was a lot of fan castings. It was it was uh, Charlie's Theron. It was Katie Sackhoff. Uh, those were the big ones that people wanted to see as uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel in the comics is an older character. She's like in her 40s. She's a colonel right. in the Air Force. The reason that Marvel is casting younger, though, is because they want to keep them around for, you know, multiple phases. So they started going younger um after you know you know uh rdj i don't give a robert downey jr could have played iron man well into his 60s i mean yeah see that's what i'm thinking and i've heard this before that exactly what you just said they want to have longevity with these characters they want to be able to make sequels with them and still make them for the lack of a better term aesthetically pleasing to the younger audiences and things like that more relatable but that was my point entirely it's like if rdj is still doing this why the fuck can't they throw her in there i mean what do you think you guys think she could have pulled it off Oh, she would have been fantastic. Yeah. Fuck yes, she would have. I'm not a Brie Larson hater. I love Brie Larson. I'm not a fan of her as Captain Marvel or anything where it's like she's doing the popcorn movies, the summer blockbuster movies. I don't really like the Kong one. I, she was just okay. But she's this fantastic actress that really knows her craft, you know? And it just it just felt like a weird, 
a weird placing for me. And I don't know what it is. It's like I never had any bad blood with her or, or a bad blood. That's extreme. But you know what I'm saying? I never had anything against her as an actress. But it just felt so out of place for me. I know that uh, I think, Brian, you pretty much love this movie from what I understand. Joe, I'm not sure where you feel. But I felt that it was a loss to have her in it. And every single time I ever think about this, it's just always she's like Charlize is the perfect character. But we're not going to get it. But I just feel like there's so much more for her. I don't even know how old she is. So I think she's like in her, I think she's maybe like 42, 43 years old, but she can totally do this shit. If our DJ can do it, she can do it too. Dude, I want to see her as Red Sonia. Ooh, Ooh. that'd be good. That ain't bad. That's not bad at all, dude. I love, okay. I grew up watching, of course, you know, the Brigitte Nielsen movie where, with, you know, with Arnold and, um, and oh, for years I thought Arnold was Conan in that movie until I got older and realized he was a character. His name was like Valcor or something like that. He wasn't Conan. Um, but then I started years later, you know, I started reading, um, you know, the Brian Wood uh, Conan books. And then I started reading um, uh, the Red Sonia stuff. I started I started with the Gail Simone run and then I went to the Marguerite Bennett run and then I just anything red sonia comic related i would read and after watching like what you know charlie's did in this movie and her physicality and just how badass she is i would love to see her as red sonia or or betty gilpin i love betty oh gilpin. yeah uh so i know who you're talking about i'm pretty sure i do she was recently in the hunt right yes 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 betty she's gilpin. the shit i love her American Gods, she was great in that, and and, and uh, Glow, she's fantastic in Glow. I, I think she's just awesome. I think I think both of them uh, actors have the physicality and the and the fucking chops that pull off the the Red Sonia role. So we all like that one. That's cool, man. We'll move along because we still have a lot to talk about. But the next one, and Joe, pardon me for excluding you in on this. I wish you would have seen this movie. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. The one I'm talking about next was on Hulu. It actually just debuted. I believe it was on Friday as well. Maybe the ninth. Palm Springs stars Andy Samberg as Niles and Kristen Milotti, I believe is how nope. you say her name. As Milioti, Sarah. I believe. Milioti. Oh, thank you very much. And then, of course, there's J.K. Simmons, who does no wrong in my eyes ever. I don't give a shit what you put this guy in. J.K. Simmons is always going to improve a movie. Uh, it's also got Peter Gallagher, Meredith Hagner, uh, Camila Mendez, and a whole bunch of other people. And this is another one that I went into like just not knowing anything about. And I have to say, before I start talking about it, that I've always had this weird relationship with Andy Samberg. Uh, I, I'm not a big Lonely Island fan. I like their first album and the movies that came out with, they're just really not my cup of tea. Uh, it's just not my kind of humor. So I've always kind of been an anti Andy Samberg guy up until about um, when um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine came out. And I love that show. And so I've, I've got like a newfound respect from over just the last year because I just started recently watching it. But now this movie comes out and I really liked it because it's sort of it's still Andy Samberg, but it's like out of character. It's uh, it's more subdued. Uh, you still get that kind of like goofy humor that he does, but he's more of a subdued character because in this movie, without getting too far into it, basically it's one of those time loop movies, you know, reminiscent of, say, like something like Groundhog's Day where, you, you know, you wake up and you just keep repeating the same day. I like this about this character because when we first meet him, he wakes up. He's in this hotel room and he's uh, he's talking to his uh, fiance or his girlfriend at the time. And he just looks so like out of it. Like he just doesn't give a shit. He's just over everything. We come to find out that he's been living this life for quite a while. So he's bored with everything. He knows every single move that's going to happen during the day. Um, there's a pretty funny part that happens where he goes to this wedding reception and you've seen this before in lots of movies. I'm sure that I have to deal with stuff like this, but 
his timing is so great with this movie because he's he's um he knows when people are going to like move. He knows when there's this one guy that's going to like fall down and he like pulls out a chair for him. He's, it looks like he's probably done this dance through this reception hall a million times. Cause he's, it, it's like very stylish. I thought it was like, it was kind of like one of my favorite parts of the movie just because it showed a different side of him, but it was the way that he was able to like kind of dance through this crowd. Joe, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you do. Uh, Brian, those are the kind of things that I like about those movies when they start getting the hang of the, of the, uh, the day that they're having over and over and over again, much like, um, Oh God, I'm fucking terrible with the movies right now. Uh, not Valentine's Day. What the fuck was that movie? Groundhog's they just they made two. No, 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 not Groundhog's Day. It's um, it was like a horror movie, a Blumhouse movie, and they just kept doing it. Uh, there's two of them. Oh, Happy Death they, Day. Thank you, thank you very much. Happy Death Day. So much like that character, and that she she starts knowing exactly when things are going to happen, and that's what I liked about this one is that you know he's done this so many times. You come to find out, and there's some crazy stories he tells during this whole time, but. It's just the way that he he learns to maneuver with it. And he has the time and everything. I thought that's like a really good touch with the movie. But what did you think, Brian? Were you into this one? Oh, my God. I loved this movie so much. And you like you think like it's like you've seen you've seen Groundhog's Day. You know, and you're like, OK, n- nobody else can do that. Nobody yeah. else can do it. And then, you know what? Netflix comes out with a series called Russian Doll. And you're just like, okay, they found a new spin on this. They're pulling somebody else into this. It's not just, you know, the Bill Murray character. Now, now you've got multiple characters like experience in that. This does, this takes uh, that kind of like, you know, uh, living the same day over thing. Plus it pulls multiple people into it that are experiencing it as well. And there's like this whole, uh, mystery about the cave too i mean they throw another element into this movie and um i loved it and then and then you blend the comedy and i thought the comedy was on point i thought the chemistry between you know andy samberg and uh kristen miliati was fucking great in this movie um jk simmons was fantastic like when he shows up in this movie and he's (laughs) he's got he's shooting uh, firing arrows at Andy Samberg. I'm like, what in the fuck is going yeah. on? And why? They're in the desert, and he's just J.K. Simmons shows up firing arrows into Andy. Andy Samberg's got a fucking arrow hanging out of his back. And you're just like, what the fuck is? Go-? And I'm not, guys. I'm not, we're not. I'm not spoiling too much. Like this is within like I feel like within the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's super quick. Super quick. And I don't know. Man, I I laughed multiple times. I don't think it was too silly. I think it was grounded enough, but um, but the sci-fi element was well done too. I really enjoyed the sci-fi element in this. I I fucking love this movie. I will watch this over and over and over again. Yes, this is one of those where it it, it for me it's it's I mean. You know, Groundhog's Day's beloved. God damn it, they're going to make a TV series out of that. Did you hear that? Yes, I did recently. What do you yeah, think? It, uh, I, I think they should just leave well enough alone sometimes because much like Palm Springs, they were able to do it and put a new spin on it. Why do you have to go and take an IP? And I mean, you, you just better know what you're doing. Don't fuck up an IP like this. They're bringing back Stephen Tobolowsky, and I love him. I love that man. Have, have you ever listened to his podcast? I have not. It is fantastic. He just gets on there and tells stories. It's a one man podcast. Well, it's actually, it's actually him and David Chen from slash Filmcast. Um, They're good friends. David Chen just kind of like 
introduces him. Stephen Tabalowski then tells a story from his past. And like this guy has done it all as a character actor. He's done tons of movies. He talks about doing cocaine and drugs and it's crazy. I love that podcast. But anyway, he's going to be in that series. So it's going to be set in the same world. It's not like a reimagining or whatever. It's just going to be like, I guess, this story 30 years later. They filmed that movie in Illinois. And I'm, I live in Illinois, if you don't know. But they filmed it. I think it's either in Wheaton or Woodstock, Illinois. And do you remember when Bill Murray would forget and always step in that puddle? Yes. Curb? Above, if you go there, above where he stepped, there's a little sign that says Bill Murray stepped here. <laughs> Isn't that the, it's a doozy. That's the line, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have a complaint about this movie. It's not a complaint, actually. I know what I'm going to take that back. This movie has the guy, I believe his name is, is it? No, not uh, Harry Melling. What the fuck's that guy's name? Um, he's the guy that plays Superman on CW. Oh, Tyler Hecklin. Tyler Hecklin. What is it? I, I don't know, man. Are you a fan of this guy? Like, do you watch him as Superman on the I CW? Did. I did. I did watch you him. You like him? He was, he was really good. Yeah. I don't know what it is. He just looks so not Superman to me. And maybe I'm just, I think I'm totally judging a book by its cover right now. There's just something that I cannot get behind him as Superman. He doesn't look like Superman to me. He's the kind of puny in comparison to like, say, I know I've seen him on there with, uh, with Brandon Routh as well. Routh, Routh, Routh. I think it's Routh. And, um, Oh my God, these fucking names with you. You know what? I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm terrible. I don't take fucking 20 days worth of notes like you do, sir. I'm sorry. I've always looked up to you for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, dude, I pronounce names wrong all the time on my show. I don't know. Just like, don't get too hung up on it. You're doing, no, no. You're doing Ralph, great, man. Don't get too hung up on it. I don't know. It's just He just never really seemed like a Superman to me. So whenever I see him, he just looks like wimpy Superman. And I think that I judge him on that. I know it's not right. He did fine in this movie. He plays a... Um, not necessarily a sleazy guy, though he does some sleazy stuff, but he, he he's just kind of there for me. But he didn't he didn't like really make or break the movie for me. But um, yeah, every time I see him, I can't get past the whole like wimpy Superman. Thing. Well, the girl he was marrying is the she's the Veronica from uh, yeah. Camila Mendez. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, girl. I love the line where he's getting ready to give like that speech, you know. And he's talking about how they look nothing like siblings. I lost it. <laughs> and then you, just, you get a shot of them together and they 100% look like brother and sister. So much. Yeah. He's, he's really good at Superman. He's really good at Superman. I don't, I don't necessarily think you have to have like a super jacked Superman all the time. Look at Christopher Reeve. I mean, he, I think in that first Superman movie and Joe Vitale might be able to correct me. Like he's like the Superman, you know, encyclopedia, but I think, I think Christopher Reeve for that first movie wore like a big poofy red sweater under the suit to make him. Oh, really? I think so. I think that's. (laughs) But he was a big guy, though. Anyway, wasn't he like six three or something like that? Christopher Reeve was not a small man. He was. Yeah, I think he was like six four, six five. Yeah, giant man. But but he wasn't like jacked. Uh uh. Like certainly not the way that like Superman's drawn in a lot of the comics. Right. What can I say? He's my Superman. And when you go and see that in the theater when you're just a kid. And when you walk in, the fucking clerk hands you a toy piece of kryptonite that's painted. It glows in the dark when you're in the theater and shit. That was my shit. And I love Christopher Reeve. He's always been my Superman, if you will. Um, but I think I'm, I'm judging this guy harshly. And you know what? I'll go ahead and watch it. 
I will. I'm not a big fan of the, of the CW stuff. I'm not saying Tyler Hecklin's my Superman, dude. Christopher Reeve is my Superman. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. No, yeah. I, I, I think that Tyler Hecklin, he did, um, I think after, like, when the movies came out, Batman v Superman, and mm-hmm. uh, people were judging him on the way he looked when those first pictures were released. But when you watch those episodes of Supergirl, when he was introduced, he was the fun, lighthearted, Clark Kent slash Kal-El that we had been wanting that we weren't getting in the Snyder movies. And so yeah. was, I, did you watch that, Joe? I did. I did. Yeah. And it was perfect because when it first introduced him, he's as Clark Kent, he's walking down the street, he's being dorky mm-hmm. and then danger happens and he runs into an alley and he rips open the shirt and it was fucking perfect. It was awesome. Smiling, laughing with people. There's one part where him and Supergirl save something and then they they land and there's like a family bicycling and like the families are like whoa whoa and he's like like it's okay come here and like superman poses with the family to take pictures with them and stuff i mean they did such a better job with the character than the dceu did and and like i'm not a man of steel detractor i liked it but Mm -hmm. i mean it's it was really refreshing to see a light-hearted happy superman like he is in the comics and, yeah. and Tyler Hecklin did a fantastic job with that. That's good. You know, now I feel bad. Now I got to go and check this guy out because <laughs> <laughs> it's like season two of Supergirl and like maybe is it episode one, Brian, or maybe episode two of, of which season? I think it's season two of Supergirl where yeah. they where they yeah. bring Superman in. They brought him in very early on. Yes. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's season two because I think season one was all. That was all, it was on CBS and it was all, yeah, yeah the Supergirl. And it, and they didn't even have it cross over with anything CW at that point. Oh, no, they did at the end of the season. That's right. They did. They had the, the world's finest episode they where did. They had the world's it finest crossed over part. with the Flash. Yep, that's right. Just out of my own curiosity, are they going to give him his own series? Oh, wasn't there some- it's been a rumor for a long the- time. Yeah, and and honestly, I've fallen off the CW train. Um, so I, yeah, I just don't watch it at all. Uh, it, it it was all so mopey and shit that, that I couldn't even stick around for the highs. I was like, "Fuck it!" If if I if I want DC Comics, I'll I'll read a I'll read a book rather than watch this. I was so into the Flash until about season three, and yeah. what killed it for me was Iris. Uh, it was like Iris went from being just this, you know, cause what she was, she was like a reporter or a blogger at one point. And then she did a little work at a coffee shop or something like that. And then suddenly she's running shit as Iris West. She's telling them what to do. And I just found that character to be so annoying that I just, I, I, that's literally what dropped it off. But then it got really campy. They started doing singing on the show and I don't know. It was just, <laughs> I, I don't know. It just, it just didn't do it for me. I mean, I love Supergirl. I think that's a great show and it is, it's kind of exactly what I would want in a Supergirl show. Uh, Melissa, is it Benoist? Here we go with the names again. I'm going to say Benoist. Benoist. But she's a beautiful, Benoist. Okay. Beautiful girl. Brian, you took a picture with her, didn't you? You're all yeah. cheesing on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's great, man. But um, I don't know. It just, there really hasn't been enough for me to come back to the CW and, you know, we'll see what happens. In the- You're talking about 20 plus episode seasons, man. It's you know, too much. It, it's rough. Yeah. Give me 13. I think I'm good with 13 if the season is solid. 10 is always good if you're really kicking ass. 20 just seems so much. Yeah. If you're doing a through line plot through an entire season, like 23 episodes is fucking egregious. Dude, if you just want to, if you just want to be like Disney plus with the Mandalorian and give me like 
what is it, eight or 10 episodes and just you can give them the runtime of whatever length you want to give them. I'm totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. I know it's like not what we're talking about, but speaking of the Mandalorian, I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm so goddamn proud of him for fighting COVID and just pushing forward and doing this shit. Real quick, though, I'm going to go ahead and give Palm Springs a rating. I don't know if you guys did. Did you give a rating, Brian? That's five. It's a five out of five for five me. Out I of really five. loved it. I loved the movie so much. It was just just hilarious, and I loved it. See, the thing about this one, and you already kind of touched on that, is that it's got that rewatchability. Sometimes I watch a movie and it's like, okay, one and done. I'm good. I really enjoyed it, but I don't need to see it again. This one I want to tell people about. I want to watch it with them. I want to watch them laugh. My wife's actually watching it right now in the other room, but uh, I'm kind of jealous because I want to watch it again. It's fucking great. And I've got this newfound respect for Andy Samberg over the last, since about late 2019. I highly recommend you guys watch this movie. Again, it's called Palm Springs. It's on Hulu. It just dropped on Friday. I'm going to go ahead and give this one as well a five out of five exploding goats, and we will move on from there. And then one more. I'm sorry, Joe. I don't want to keep you out of the conversation too much. <laughs> no, that last movie sounded freaking amazing, though. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Groundhog Day and Russian Doll. So I'll be checking that one out. I think if you're into that genre whatsoever, you can't go wrong with this one. They just do it so well. They pull it off so perfectly. Have you seen, and it's have, just, have you both seen Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise? Yes. Yes. It's I have not seen that one yet, but I've had so many people recommend it to me. It's based on a manga and it's, it's really good, man. It's, I, I loved it. Uh, Emily Blunt, Tom Cruise. Um, who else was in that one? Bill Paxson, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Bill Paxson was in that one. So good. Let me ask you a question, Brian. I know you're big on Tom Cruise. Is there a Tom Cruise movie you don't like? Um, uh, a Tom Cruise led movie that I don't, Vanilla Sky. I wasn't the biggest fan of Vanilla Sky. Ugh. Yeah, that movie's fucking terrible. That was yeah. pretty garbage. And then the other one was uh, was Magnolia good? I feel like Magnolia was a shit one too. Magnolia, like I loved his performance in that, but I'm not a huge fan of the movie. Like, but if you isolate his performance in it, I thought he was great. Fair enough. I'll take that. Yeah, but let's can we all agree action is his forte, right? Yes, Tom Cruise is a bit of a weirdo, but the man can act. The man can do some serious action. What is he? Fifty. Five now, I believe, 55 years old, something like that. I mean, he's getting his meals for free at Denny's. He's going into the movies for cheap, and he's still fucking killing it over all these kids. Mad respect to Tom Cruise, man. I appreciate that. I like that you're on the uh, the cruise train, Brian, because I know there's some haters out there. <coughs> Rebecca, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think, you know what, Rebecca? I'm going to say <laughs> it. I'm going to say it. Rebecca, if fucking like uh, Brie Larson or Gal Gadot started doing their own stunts, you'd be all for it. You, you Don't even tell me you wouldn't. You'd be all for it. Just admit it to yourself. Don't even, if they started doing their own stunts, she would be like, oh my gosh, look at these strong women <laughs> doing their own stunts. You fucking know she would. I'm sorry, Rebecca. I apologize for bringing you up. <laughs> you know, it's got a point. I think he's got a point. Listen, I'm just asking you, Rebecca, give him a chance. Don't hate on him so much. He's good. You know what it is? I think, <laughs> no, I I think at it. this point, you're just not wanting to admit it to yourself. That's what I think. I love the fact that Rebecca hates him. She it, goes it, hard. It's I fun. It. It's yeah, fun. It really it's is. Fun. But Rebecca, you goddamn know well. You know <laughs> that if Gal Gadot and Brie Larson started doing their own stunts, you would fucking champion that shit. You fucking know it. You fucking don't even, don't even deny it. <laughs> I love you, Rebecca. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
haven't talked to her. I haven't talked to her since C2E2. I'm not like, and now fucking change your mind. Just admit no. it to yourself. You're fucking lying to yourself. I don't Sorry. Think she's gonna talk to me after this podcast airs. I, I, I really <laughs> feel, oh no. I might be in the same company. We'll see. I love you, Rebecca. Just for the record, love you. We got one more and then we're going to get into this really fucked up territory. We'll keep it light for just a second. Now, Brian, I know you watched this one. In fact, you told me to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. This one, I was not expecting. I am the one the movie that I'm talking about is actually called The One I Love and it stars Elizabeth Moss and it also stars Mark Duplass and Ted Danson as well, who's like very, he's just in it for just like like two seconds, it seems like. But I don't know, like I used to not be the biggest Elizabeth Moss fan and, and, and it just, I think she won me over. I heard uh, Handmaid's Tale is great. I have not watched that at all, but she won me over in Us. And she's great in The Invisible Man. And everything that I've seen her since, like I've, I'm going back and watching older movies, she's fucking fantastic. I'm going to admit I was wrong. This movie, I didn't know what to expect. Um, it, real quick, it's just a troubled couple vacate to a beautiful getaway, but bizarre circumstances further complicate their situation. This tells you absolutely nothing, and I kind of like it that way. Uh, it's directed by Charlie McDowell, and it's written by Justin Later, starring Mark Duplass, Elizabeth Moss, Ted Danson, and co. Thank you so much for recommending this one to me, man, because it was... Um I just love the take on it. I love the whole, without getting into too many spoilers, I love a movie with like doppelgangers and stuff like that. I love a movie where you don't exactly know what's going to happen. Uh, there's definitely some things that happened in this movie where you're like, oh, I did not see that coming whatsoever. And I just think it's fucking well-written. Uh, I don't know. I, I have, I'm going to immediately listen to Pop Culture Leftovers afterward, but I'm curious, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, if you want to hear, I guess, like, I don't know. I mean, this is a hard one because to, to talk about, because, like, it is. I gave the hook. I, I didn't give away too much, but I did give the hook on the episode because I thought if I didn't, nobody's going to watch this fucking thing. So I did give the hook, like, you know, kind of a little bit of the setup. I went in completely blind and I loved it. But on the flip side, it's like some, I, I told people you can fast forward, but some people need that extra push. I'm just letting you know, this movie is awesome. I, I love Mark Duplass. I, I'm a big fan of like the Duplass brothers movies for the most part. There, there's been one or two that I am not a huge fan of. And I got to be honest with you, like that, HBO show Room 104, I kind of dropped off on the first season. And I know that's the Duplass brothers. And I I don't know. I mean, I guess I get that from Black Mirror and Twilight Zone if I want to get that kind of feeling. This yeah. is very kind of Twilight Zone-y though. This oh, movie. for sure. Um, but uh, I, I'm telling you, Mark Duplass is just putting on a clinic in this movie. I think Elizabeth Moss and this this movie was from 2014 and I had never even heard of it, Dan. Never heard of it. Never, never heard of it. Like it did. Was it made in 2014? Did it ever get released theatrically? Was it ever streaming before Netflix picked it up? I know Netflix has like a, a deal with the Duplass brothers now, but it's like, I, it's like, did this finally just get distribution on that? I, because I'm asking because I've never heard or seen this movie and I can't believe I've never heard of it because it is so so, so good. And Elizabeth Moss, she's like unrecognizable in this as far as like the way she's talking. She's talking completely different than I've ever heard her kind of like talk or act in another movie. And when you bring up doppelgangers, like, yes, like um, there's such a contrast between there's a contrast, but then there's like a similarity too. it's 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 between the characters that they're playing. It's wild. I, I love this movie. 
I'm going to try to do a premise. Stop me, Brian, if you think I'm going too far. Okay. Because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. So please stop me if you think I'm going too far. I'm going to try my best to explain this to you. Yeah. I, I, admit, I think I might have thrown it to Brian open because <laughs> I know you probably talked about it yesterday. And I, would, I was very curious how you were going to negotiate this, this description of this movie. But what this movie comes down to is it's a couple that have seen better days in their relationship. They're having some troubles and they decide that they need to get some professional help. So they go to this counselor who's played by Ted Danson. And again, you don't see him very much in the movie, but he does this thing with them. where he's sitting down at this piano. He's got this piano in his office and he, he tells them to just pick a key and hit it at the same time. And when they do, it's very dissonant that the keys don't match up. And, um, He's like, oh, yeah, you guys are in bad shape. So he suggests to them that they go and have a, somewhat of a retreat or a getaway at this this ca- this uh, this home out in the country somewhere to just to get away and kind of get to know each other again. When they get to this home, everything's going fine. They're going the right direction. You know, they decide to smoke a little bit of weed. They do that. And then they separate. And there's this and this is where I want to be careful. There's this guest house across the yard. And for reasons I won't get into. One of them goes in and finds a doppelganger. And I will only say that these doppelgangers at first can only be seen if one person goes in at a time. It eventually goes into, it evolves into a different story altogether where uh, reality and, and uh, I don't know if it's fantasy. I don't know if it's um, the imagination. I don't know if it's like a, a paranormal, quite honestly, I'm still not sure what it is, but everything kind of just meets up reality and that meet up. And this is where the story gets really crazy and it involves the, the, um, this, you know, it challenges the strength of a relationship because basically what these doppelgangers are, and this is where I want you to stop me if I'm going too far, Brian, is they're basically better versions of what the, uh, like, it'd be like if I was um, having some trouble with my wife and I run into one of these doppelgangers, all of the shortcomings that I think my wife has, this doppelganger has them like, there's no shortcomings. They do exactly what makes me feel good. I think they're the best memory of your significant other. Yes, that's good. I like that. I'll take that. That actually is a much better explanation. Yeah, it's, um, and I think, I don't know, maybe you're saying this has to do with uh, pretty much the beginning of the movie where they're in the pool and then there's that house exactly. and they're trying to capture like a certain- trying to relive a memory that they had together. Yes. And so like this, this place is reliving, it's- it's not, it's, 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 it's just, yeah, the memories, the, 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 the best memories that you've had with this person are basically come to life again. Like you get yeah. to experience it over again. Yeah. I kind of took it like, you know, when you're in a relationship and you kind of realize that you're in love with somebody at that moment, that person, that's what these two people are. These two doppelgangers represent that. And because of that, and because there's a lack of in their normal relationship, that's where the trouble begins. And it's, um, I don't really want to say too much more. And I, I think you guys, if you watch this movie, you will thank me for not saying too much because it's, it's so worth watching and it's so fucking good. It's, it's honestly one of the best movies that I've seen this year. I don't know why they didn't put this movie out before. Maybe it was a distribution thing. Maybe this movie has been sitting on a shelf somewhere since 2014. I don't know, but they picked a great time to release this one with everything going on. And still, you know, we can only go out so much and do so many things. This is a fucking fantastic movie to watch. If you have nothing to do, you, um, Maybe you're not paying too much attention to what we're talking about for good reason. I, I kind of recommend that actually. Watch this one. I think you're going to thank us for it because it's just that fucking good. It was a it was a, a a pleasure watching. Thank you so much for recommending. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I got to tell somebody about this, and I was like, oh shit, I do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's if I only had a way to get this message out. 
I'm going to give this one a five out of five, like easy without a doubt. It's a fucking five out of five. You know what? It's a five out of five lost for some opportunities. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm a little fucked up that way, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's a five out of five for me as well. A five out of five, insert witty, whatever the fuck. Yeah. 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 I don't have anything. Brian hates that part. (laughs) No, that's your thing. You do that every week and you do it so well. And it's like, that's not part of my format. So it's, I feel you. Yeah. Let me ask you a question though, Brian, real, real talk. You're in that situation. You're Mark Duplass. Yeah. Let's talk about the dinner scene, the awkward dinner scene with the game night and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is your head going there? Are you thinking, you know what? We, we all know each other really well. Like I know, I know what she likes. She knows what I like. These two probably do too. Are you going there? You going to challenge not, that? I'm not like, like if my heart's in it, I'm not going there, man. I'm not going. I've been in that situation in, in real time in like real life. So like, Ooh, that's a story. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I've been in that scenario in real life. So, but yeah, if my heart's in it, like if this was just like four randos and it's like consenting adults, like that's cool. But like if your heart's in, invested in a certain person and like, I mean, some people can do it, but I can't separate no. you know, sex and, totally. love and all that stuff and all the problems that come with it. So. Yeah, I, I, and I was hoping you were going to give me like a more of a uh, goofy answer, but you're you're kind of like right on point. I mean, I I know I couldn't do some shit like that. It's easy to joke about it and get some kind of funny thing for a podcast on it, but no, I'm with you. Like, oh, especially I, I, I would come all over the place, Dan. I Thanks, look, dude. I look like a human, <laughs> I look like a human cum sprinkler in that room, just going nuts. It would be a black light nightmare, is what it I'm getting would at. Be. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding around, but no, I, I'm I'm with you actually. Like, it's it's particularly what. I would have to say that I, I think Mark Duplass is the one that's having the most reservations about all this. He's the one that knows that something's just not right. So yeah. if you're putting yourself into that character, no, I'm with you. I'm just, I'm totally fucking around, but I could, I, I couldn't do it. I was rooting for him like the entire time and getting, I'm going to shut up. I'll let, let everyone watch this movie and then form your own opinions. Cause like it is, it is, it is fantastic. It is a fantastic movie. I'm also very curious when you watch this movie, ladies and gentlemen, what your thoughts are about the end. I think that it's left ambiguous on purpose. It's, it's really kind of obvious, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of like the ending of us. You sort of know what happened, but you kind of don't know what happened. And you're sort of left to speculate that I believe I know what happened, but um, I liked the way that that ended. Cause I really wasn't seeing it go that way. And uh, yeah, so I'm not going to say anymore because I feel like I'm going to ruin this shit for you, but it is called the one I love. It's on Netflix. I'm not entirely sure when this movie dropped. Do you know, Brian, it's recently, right? I, I think recently, man, I, 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 2014, I have no idea, like anything. I need to look this movie up on Wikipedia and find out what's going on with this one. Yeah. Maybe we'll get back to you on this one, but check it out. This is probably out of the ones that we have talked about so far. This is the, my favorite out of all the ones that we watched so far. It's just, it was just, um, refreshing to me. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's, I've seen things like this before, but it did a fresh spin on it and it had me glued the entire time. And when I turned it off, I'm just like, fuck, shook my head. And I go, well, it looks like I'm watching this one again. It's got total rewatchability because you can actually, you can watch the movie, take your first impression of it and then go back and kind of go, ah, ah, okay. You can find those things. You know, you can find those little, those little hints that I'm sure that that are there. And I plan on finding soon. Don't get distracted with your phone. Throw your fucking phone in another room and watch. Like, don't, don't, don't fuck around in your phone. Don't text. Just turn that shit off and enjoy this movie because like, this is one that you're not going to want to be doing chores, laundry, and all that other bullshit. You're going to like, seriously, just zone in on this movie. It is, it is definitely worth it. Joe, you got to watch this movie, dude. 
It sounds really interesting. The one I love. Yeah. I promise you we're not steering you wrong. This is a really, really fucking good movie. And I've just got mad respect for Elizabeth Moss. Like the title sounds like something that your wife is going to make you watch. And it's got like Julia Roberts or Sandy B in it. It's not that at all, Joe. Yeah, it's not a lifetime movie. Nothing like that. (laughs) What platform did you watch it on? Netflix, man. Oh, perfect. Yeah. This movie's dope. I think you're really going to like it. And let me know when you watch it, Joe, what you think, because uh, I was thoroughly impressed with this one. I don't know, Brian, if you were just like looking on Netflix and went, oh, that's something I haven't seen before. I'll just try that out. But fucking great job, because that was a great fucking movie. I love that. It's really good. That's really good. Trying to put this. this, No, I'm trying to like drag this out before we talk about the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) What else can we talk about before we get dark? Exactly. I feel like I'm waiting. You know, like when you were a kid and you know you're going to get punished and you're like (laughs) after dinner and you're just fucking like you're just eating slow, like you're eating your peas like one at a time. I can do the dishes. I'll do the dishes and clean up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, that's how I feel about doing this fucking kids with you, Dan. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm really sorry. Maybe I'm going to re I mean, I'm kind of already regretting it, but maybe I'm going to really regret it by the time we're done. But I'm sorry. I think that movies like this are worth talking about, whether it's just crazy conversation, whether it's um, you're dealing with fucking PTSD, which I very well may be dealing with. I don't know. But there are certain movies that come along that make a statement and they play like something that you haven't seen before. And I would have to say that this is one of those movies. So I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, it was 1995. I was in Monterey. We were hanging out with some friends and there's this, well, it's not there anymore, but there was this old movie house that was called the dream theater. Uh, side note, it was actually the band dream theater. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. They actually took their name from this, this theater, but that's really besides the point. My uh, when you get- I had an ex-girlfriend that fucking loved dream theater. Oh Yeah. Yeah. My kind of girl, I think. Maybe, maybe not. If she's your ex, maybe, maybe it was, maybe she, maybe it's a nightmare. I don't know. I'm sorry. To, I'm already bringing up already enough like it's harsh. Whole, you fuck now. Oh God damn it! I know. I've got you all <laughs> fucked up right now, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so whose therapy session is it now? You know. <laughs> this ex girlfriend was there. Maybe multiple names, ways to pronounce her last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Let's. Oh Jesus. <laughs> We might as well just strap in and bend over and take it because here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. I need a, I need a bailout call right now. <laughs> I'm having a great time. I don't believe that for a second, Brian. It was, it was the thought that counts. <laughs> Fingers and toes are crossed right now. Dream Theater. This place was cool. I just want to tell you about this theater. It was really cool. It's like this old fucking art house theater. When you walked in, there's like the, the single clerk behind the really cheesy looking uh, concession stand, serving fresh popcorn. Everything's cheap. You're getting actual like little, like like the tickets you get for raffles. You're getting those. That's your ticket when you go into the movie. And when you walk into this theater, it's like a regular theater that has been completely cleared out and they have like couches. And, um, and it's, when I say beds, it's, it's clean. But there was like beds and couches and chaise lounge and shit like that. And they had people, like before um, Alamo Draft House, they were having people walk around and, hey, can I get you anything? And they were keeping people in check. It was a fucking awesome theater. It's since been torn down. But I'm like, what a great experience. I'm going to sit and watch this movie that I saw a commercial for one time. And since we're in Monterey and we have nothing else to do, let's watch this. It should be fun, right? Like Pulp Fiction just came out a couple of years ago. And that movie kind of fucked with me a little bit, like in a good way. But it was like something I hadn't seen before. I was really into Tarantino at the time and, and uh, Kevin Smith and like independent movies. So I wanted to check this one out. You know, it seemed like it had a... Uh, a harder edge than some of the movies that I'd seen before. Guess what? I was right. Start watching this movie. 
And from the fucking get-go, like the very first scene, it's just uncomfortable. Let me give you the premise of this movie, guys. For the people that have not seen this movie, Kids is a 1995 American coming-of-age drama exploitation film directed by Larry Clark and written by Harmony Kareem. It stars Leo Fitzpatrick, Justin Pierce, Chloe Sevigny, and Rosario Dawson, both, by the way, in their first roles ever, primarily set during the course of one day. Fitzpatrick, Pierce, Savigny, Dawson, and the other newcomers portray a group of teenagers in New York City with hedonistic behavior towards sex and drugs during the mid-1990s. This film generated a massive controversy upon its release in 1995 and caused much public debate over its artistic merit. It received an NC-17 rating from the MPAA, but was released without a rating. A critical response was positive, and the film grossed $20.4 million off of its $1.4 million budget. So people were going to see this movie probably out of curiosity um, sometimes when you're driving past a car crash, you want to look, right? Like it's, you're just compelled to look. That's the kind of movie that this is. Uh, Harmony Kareem, the director, actually dubbed this the effect that this movie had as the Jaws element. And what he means by that is that he was referring to AIDS. 1995 was the height of AIDS. And still, believe it or not, there were a lot of people out there that were thinking that AIDS was something that only homosexuals could contract. This movie brought a lot of people out of the dark and into the light about this one, or maybe out of the light into the dark if you really fucking think about it. But it told people like, hey, you know what? It's not just a homosexual thing. Like your kids can get this. Your kids that are going out right now that you have no fucking clue where they are roaming the streets. I was one of those kids, you know, just roaming the fucking streets. I could have been dead in a fucking field when I told my friend, my mom, I was like staying that. Sorry, mom, you're probably listening. I apologize for this, this shit you're about to hear. But I was one of those guys that might as well have been just lying dead in someone's lawn over alcohol poisoning. You know, I mean, like shit like that happened to me. I was a, I was a bad kid. And this brought all of this to the forefront and and opened up people's eyes to what actually happens. And I'm not saying that. No, I am saying it actually. These things actually happen on a day-to-day basis, even still. And I just think that it was this eye-opening. It pulled back the curtain on what was going on at that time. And it woke a lot of people up. I mean, there's just some bone chilling shit in this movie that deals with drug use, alcohol abuse, rape, uh, AIDS, like I said, first time sexual experiences. It's all fucked up. It's all wrapped up in one movie that only lasts about an hour and a half. And it feels like about three hours long with all the shit that's going on in this one. I'll stop there. Where were you? How old were you when you saw this movie? And like, what was your initial experience after coming out? Joe? Yeah, I was, I was 15 when this movie came out and it was like the, the characters in this movie you know, I'd never seen anything like this. And, and I remember me and all my friends watching it. And for the most part, us just laughing at, at a lot of it. And, you know, we were super disturbed by, by the disturbing parts of the movie, but, but it, it, it was, we were able to weirdly relate to a lot of it just because the, the group of people that I hung out with, we were, we were the ones that all the people thought were causing trouble around town because we were going around with skateboards and stuff like that. So in a way, this, in a twisted way, this felt like a movie with characters in it that we could relate to, even though they were doing things that were, they were so much more hardcore than anything we did. I mean, we would, you know, we would maybe shoplift cigarettes and and stuff like that, but we would never like, we weren't going into stores and shoplifting forties. We, we certainly weren't running around having lots of fucking sex and shit like that. <laughs> and, or, you know, even having parties like that, but like, like the, the scene in, in, in Paul's apartment where, where all the guys are talking and talking shit about sex. And then it's flipping over and all the girls are hanging out and they're all like talking shit about sex. And you know, that, that felt like stuff that, 
that could be related to and and god damn i remember one time one of the times we were watching it we actually watched it with my buddy's parents and it, in retrospect oh, i can't imagine what they thought of it because That's the like we just thing i've ever heard <laughs> we just like walked in like i just have this memory of it was the summertime and we were over at my buddy's house and we were watching it and i remember his parents were there and it was the opening scene where they were making out <laughs> on the bed just like hardcore and thinking like this is really weird that we're watching this with James's parents, but they're not telling us to shut it off. And and so yeah, we ended up watching the whole movie with their their folks. And and like I said, I don't even know how many times I saw this movie, but each and every time, the fucking low parts of it fucked me up. But the funny parts of it, like I just really stuck with, like the scene where they shoplift the forty, and the one of them's <laughs> playing interference by saying, "Excuse me, do you have this debt?" <laughs> you have this dit and the shopkeeper's like i don't know what i don't know what this dit is what is that and then casper walks by like he, you know he's got the 40 like he stuffed it down his fly so it's like down by his ankle and he's like walking out of the store like trying to act like he doesn't have a 40 stuffed down his legs he walked past the shopkeeper he's like he said this dick motherfucker and then they walk outside <laughs> and steal like a fucking peach or something like that it's like so many weird little one-liners that have just stuck with me my entire life like over half of my life now from watching this movie and so it's like i think for the longest time i've i've tried to just block out the dark parts of this movie and and and, and more live in the you know the the lighter funny parts of it but dude i went for 20 plus years without watching this movie and then watching it again I was thinking like, what the fuck did I find funny about this movie? Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like talk about a much different world perspective. Me watching it again. So many years later as an adult versus when I watched it so much when I was like the Hellraiser, I was when I was a younger kid. So very, very weird experiences with me watching this, having liked it so much when I was younger and being so horrified by it now. That's pretty much on the money, man. I mean, I can tell you that, um, there were some things I definitely related to in this movie, not so much in the, the the dark sense of it, but you know, I I was that guy that had the friends, and we would all go and hang out at one dude's house and watch skate videos and smoke weed and drink beer and just hang yeah. out in the park somewhere. Like <laughs> I totally related to all that shit. I mean, I wasn't much of a skater, but I did skate a little bit, and so I think that's what kind of drew me in initially. But it's just that whole other dark part, man. Where and the thing is, is that I think that this movie, all jokes aside, is actually really important because. It it did something that we just haven't seen before, and it opened up our eyes to to an element that's there. Like you know, like you you had your friends when you were in high school at the parties that were going upstairs with a girl or whatever. And I'm not saying that they were guys like Casper or Telly. Certainly not the circumstances that that take place in this movie. But all of that shit is real, and that's what I think is important about this movie is that they took these kids. Like they didn't they didn't even have like a professional cast. Every single actor in this movie were just kids that they found in a park. Justin Pierce was a skater from Eng I believe it's from England that moved to America and he was pretty much like Casper. Like he was the biggest like the most the biggest difficulty in the movie, I should say. Uh they always had to find him. They never knew where he was. There were times where uh in one of the scenes where like in the club, I believe they called the club NASA, but they uh the actual club that they were filming in on the last night, he got busted for stealing alcohol and the bouncers grabbed him and the director had to come out there and get him out. There are other times where he got arrested for stealing and, you know, they needed him. They'd have to go bail him out just to actually 
do the movie. So they would, they wouldn't, you know, get their, they'd get their shot and they wouldn't have to like delay the film or anything like that. These kids couldn't be found for shit. They just gave them, they gave each and every one of them pagers. And they said, listen, we don't even know what the schedule is going to be like for tomorrow until we finish this one today. So we will hit you up the next day and they'd have to go find them. Sometimes they couldn't, you know, that kid that plays Harold, the black kid, the one that's like swinging his dick. Yeah. They like, he was a really hard guy to get a hold of too, no matter how many times they paged them. And so you're dealing with these rambunctious kids because they're fucking real. They're, they're real skater kids from the park, dope smoking, teen fucking alcohol drinking delinquents that they brought in for the realism of this movie. And I think that's why this movie is so important because it actually shows how these kids really are. It shows, it puts things in front of our faces that don't feel comfortable. You know, you have little kids, like little fucking kids, like the kid they called Big Hitman. Like how old was that kid? 10, 11? Oh, he looked like he was nine or 10. Yeah. Yeah. And that scene where they're sitting on the couch, it's like him and three other shirtless kids and they're all passing a blunt back and forth. They still don't know if that was actually real weed that they were smoking because that was, you know, they were trying to, they were trying to like keep everything legit for the sake of not getting sued and, 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 you know, by the parents and all of that. But these kids were just so fucking rambunctious that they were doing shit like this. There's a scene in the movie where Casper is hitting whippets in, in a Paul's apartment. And what the cast did was they actually, or not the, the cast, but the production crew actually emptied all of those out. Those, they used to call them crackers, as I remember, like you'd crack them. And I, I remember like back in the day, you can go into the mall. And there'd be like these specialty stores where you can just go in and buy like a whole box of whippets. The eighties were weird. You know what I mean? Like here, here's 16 year old, here's some cigarettes and we won't even card you for beer. And it was just a weird, weird fucking time. But they, they took all of those, those uh, whippets and they, they cracked them and they released everything. But Casper, excuse me, Justin Pierce actually had a couple that he, he, cause he was like a method guy. He went method on this. So he was actually hitting those whippets on camera while they're filming just to get that realism of it. And it fucking worked, you know? Um, it turned his lips blue. Yeah, it turns his lips blue. And then, you know, maybe this says a little something about me, but like when you do that shit, your voice doesn't stay the same. Suddenly you're talking like this when you're, you know, because you're laughing and you, you like the, it's like the reverse of helium, basically, when you, uh, if you're sucked a helium balloon. But all of that shit, you're watching it play out. And if you just take it at face value, you're like, okay, these kids are, are doing whippets and what, whatever. It's just part of the scene. No, this shit really happened. These scenes where teenagers are, taking each other's clothes off. And, and like Chloe Savigny actually showed full frontal in that for a second, which was weird being that she was, I know she was of age, but it's just shit that you just weren't expecting. And the thing is, yeah, it's there to shock you. It's there to be controversial, but this shit happens every single day. And that's why I think this movie is important. And that's why I think we need to talk about it. I'm sorry. I'll get off my fucking soapbox. Brian, what did you think? First time watching. Oh, first time watching. I was probably 17 or 18. I did not watch this in the theater. Um, I watched it with my buddy Donnie and my buddy Mike. And these were guys that I worked with when I worked at McDonald's. After we'd get off work and or we had the day off, we'd just hang out. And we, we, I stayed friends with these guys for years. I'd, I, and I mean, it's been a while since we hung out. I, I don't know what the fuck happened to Mike. I could tell you crazy stories about Mike. Hmm. Oh, my God. Guy got fucking, he got so fucking stoned one night that he took my car and I don't know what he fucking smoked, but he took my car, drove it to Springfield, Illinois. I lived in Peoria, drove it to Springfield, Illinois, because he thought gang members were chasing him <laughs> behind. And, and he took my car. My car was gone. I almost wanted to call the cops, but I knew Mike took it. And then I heard this whole fucking story when he came back, but 
we're here to talk about kids. I'm not here to talk about Mike and Donnie, but I watched it with these guys. They were like my video game friends. You know, we just play video games. We didn't, I mean, we just smoked cigarettes. We, we drank a little bit of beer. That's about it. I mean, I was a pretty, I got into trouble when I was younger, but I was a pretty decent kid. I mean, you know, and I wasn't, oh my God, like I never treated women like these guys treated women. I was a hopeless romantic when I was a teenager for crying Same out here. loud. Um, so it, it, when you're watching this movie with your friends, like I was putting it on like this is, oh yeah, haha, this is crazy. Oh my God, I can't believe they're, but I was really fucking disturbed by this movie and how real it felt. You know what I mean? And just how awful these kids were. And just like, oh my, I, like seeing these, you know, I, I think about my sister, like her being put in a position like this, like it's, it's just terrible, just terrible what these kids were doing. And then I watched it again today for the first time in like, you know, 25 fucking years and horrified again <laughs> by this fucking movie. And, uh, but it is an important movie. And honestly, it's like, I think, I think it's like kind of an important movie to watch, even if you are younger, so that you can kind of like maybe not put yourselves in these positions when you're that young. Uh, I mean, it's just the the actor that played Casper, did you see he commit suicide? Yes. Back, I think it was 2010. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like just five years after Kids comes out, his his debut in film, he'd already done, what did he do? He did, Um, he was in Next Friday. I believe he played Roach in Next Friday. So he had a few parts, but I don't think that that, like, that kid in him, you know what I mean? That troublemaking kid, that was something that was real. And that's why I think that Casper came off as so realistic is because it really was fucking how Justin Pierce was. He was troubled. He'd been in jail before. Um, he, he'd been on lots of drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. And he ended up killing himself at the, I believe it was the Bellagio, if I'm not mistaken, in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. It was. And it was, uh, he got, he had gotten married the previous year yeah. in Las Vegas. And then a year later, I bet the, the marriage was rocky. I bet there was a lot of problems. But I mean, I look at him as like, you know, if we're going to talk about another independent film director uh, and, you know, the people he cast, Kevin Smith cast Jason Mewes, who basically was that he was Jay. I mean, he wanted to get somebody else to play Jay, but then he at, he was just like, there's nobody else. I, I got to cast Jay. So he cast Jason Mewes. Jason Mewes could have gone that way. For sure. Exactly. He could have been yeah. in that fucking movie. I mean, I know they're different kinds of characters, more comical with Jay, but I mean, the essence of the character, dirty, likes to talk about fucking and doing drugs and shit like that. Like, I mean, that's, that's basically what he was, you know? And I think you'll agree with me when, when I say this, that that's what made that character, I'm talking about Jay, so relevant today. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he has longevity. Like you still know Jay and Silent Bob is because that shit was real to some degree. Even though there's comedy there, we all know somebody like that to some degree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's the realism of this movie that I think has, has made it last so long and is why it was kind of a big thing when I saw like the, the post that I saw it on where I saw that the movie was coming out on July 1st. Like people are like, oh shit, that's what kind of, that was the first thing that made me want to talk about this movie was watching all these people. And I'm a bit of a voyeur sometimes because I was curious. I was watching their comments. Oh, I saw this movie in the theater and blah, blah, blah. So I'd kind of click on there and just to get an, an, a, a quick idea on their picture of how old they are or whatever. And uh, it's, it's just surprising that so many people kind of felt the same way about this. And I really do think it's that because we all in one way or another knew people like this. We just never saw that dark side of things. Maybe some of us did. I personally didn't. But um, 
Yeah. I mean, it's happening every day. And, and I think, like you said, Brian, I think it's important that, that people watch this one. I think at one point, matter of fact, I just had this conversation with my daughter today. I said, cause she was like asking what we were going to be talking about. And I told her about this movie. I told her what it was about. And I said, listen, I think at some point you should watch this movie. Just know that I'm not watching it with you, but I think it's very important that you mm. watch this movie because there's some very disturbing reality that's in this movie that can happen to anyone at any point in time. And I guess when I initially talked about it on the, uh, in our community group, the, the here's the noise podcast community, I just put it up. Oh, I'm going to watch this movie. And then like Kevin Shanks, who was supposed to be on immediately jumped on. He's like, Oh yeah, I've seen this one. And then Joe jumped on. He's like, Oh yeah, I remember this one. And for some reason, Brian, I just thought like this would have been a movie. Like you were the, one of the first people I thought of to ask to, to come on just because our ages are similar. And I just sort of felt like this was one that whether or not you liked it or not would definitely stick with you. No, it's, I, I, it's, I, this is for me, it's like, it's one of those movies where it's like, I don't hate this movie, but it does make me feel things that I don't want to feel. It does it. I am watching things that I don't want to watch that make me feel uncomfortable. And even like, even more so now as an adult watching it, it was just super uncomfortable. I believe this or not. I had a roommate that was kind of like Telly at one time. I had no idea that this guy was this way. I went to school with this guy. And once I got out of high school, I started working a job and this guy was there. He was in a, he ran in a different crowd than I did. And I didn't know him that well. And I found out that he had no place to live. He was staying at the men's shelter. And I was like, dude, you know, you can, you can come and stay with me. Cause like we went to school together and he was like, he was like in a more popular crowd than I was, but I was like, yeah, you can stay with me, dude. I had no idea what kind of person. And I was young and naive. I was just trying to do the right thing. What I thought was a good thing. And I, that it did not last long. He lived with me for a few months, but I'm telling you, like there would be, I would come home, there would be different girls over all the time. I had different girls asking me is like, is he sleeping with her? Blah, blah, blah. And it was just what I went through and what I lived through with that roommate was just insane. Like hmm. it, it ended with a huge, like kind of like shouting match between me and him. And I haven't talked to him <laughs> since I was probably, <laughs> I think at the time I was like 18, 19 when we lived together, but man, I, I had seen him go out and meet a girl. And then the first night, bring her back to my place. And I I'm trying to go to sleep for work and he's off in the other room with this girl that he just met. It was a fucking nightmare. And I learned right then and there you unless you know the person that well it doesn't matter if you went to school with them or not man you got to fucking you can't have them being your roommate there's um a certain level of like realism in this one where this is the kind of stuff where like i, I i'm <laughs> i guess i'm pausing because i'm almost hesitant to talk about some of this stuff you know what i mean like there's just certain things that you should just if you're going to watch this movie i don't want to necessarily like blow every little thing about this movie, the lines of the movie and, and, you know, the most graphic scenes of it. But there are things that are, again, whether or not, whether or not they're, they sound disgusting or, or bothersome or disrespectful. These are things that happen amongst teenage kids. Case in point, first part of the movie, the very opening scene, there's this long kissing scene and Leo Fitzpatrick who plays Telly is kissing this girl for and like an awkward amount of time. Like it's really, really fucking awkward how long they're kissing, how like they're just swallowing each other's faces. And when he pulls back, this girl looks like she can't be more than 12, 13 years old. I was thinking how, how, okay. Either they just look young, but how can like, 
as a parent, how could I let my daughter go and film something like that? You know what I mean? And then like, as the movie goes on, he ends up deflowering this girl and he walks outside and he meets Casper. They're walking down the street and Casper's talking about how, uh, man, I just wish I could smell what a pussy smelled like or something like that. And he like puts his finger to her nose. And he's like, oh, butterscotch, yo. I mean, that's the kind of shit. I've seen kids do this kind of shit before when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I've seen how how like my high school friends talked amongst each other. And it just felt weird to even say that sentence like I just said right now. But again, this movie is bothersome. It's not like when I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. It's just like, whoa. There's a scene. I don't know if you guys got this or not, but there's a part where Casper and Telly go up to his mom's house and there's this little girl outside and she's playing with her doll and Casper kind of comes up to her real creepily and he's like, he gives her this peach and he's like, you like peaches? And she's just like, yeah, she, she, hands, you know, she takes it from him and she's like looking at him like, who's this stranger guy? And she like throws it away like evil. You know what I mean? Like she could even tell that these kids were fucked up. There's just something about the realism, how these actors, again, they're not really actors. They're just kids that were playing the part, reading a script and doing what they did because that's how it came naturally to them. The realism of, again, like going to this place where like Paul's apartment, watching these kids do the whippets and watching all these like younger kids hang out. I remember being, I never did shit like that, but I remember being the younger kid in my neighborhood. I grew up with kids that are about five years older than me. So I lived life a little bit faster than I should have. You know what I mean? And, but to see all of that, it just brought back like so many memories of like, yeah, this, this is all real shit. And I don't know. Like, I don't really know how much more I can say about this one. And there's things I want to talk about as far as like certain points of the movie. But I keep bringing that up because anyone that's going to watch this one, I'm sure there's going to be spoilers in this, but you have to understand that this is something that if you watch this movie, it's, and I'm not trying to like freak you out or anything or, or make it more than it really is or speak in hyperbole. This is a movie that is going to put real reality so up in your face. It's going to be super, super fucking uncomfortable. And you're probably not going to want to deal with some of those things. But then again, they're all happening right now. I don't give a shit what decade you're in. They're still happening right now. And maybe even more fucked up with the, with the uh, iPhones and, and social media and sexting and all that kind of stuff. It's like at a whole other level now. But it's just, it's fucking crazy, man. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm seriously bothered by this movie the more I talk about it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But I will say, I will say this. I just want to hang on that uncomfortable moment. for a No, you <laughs> notice I kept talking, so I'm like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Um, I will say one thing positive about this movie is that it did give us a pretty good soundtrack. I don't know if you guys yeah. are actually familiar with some of the songs on that. And there's songs in the movie that aren't actually on the soundtrack, but they paint the picture of the 90s, particularly like 90s New York so well. You know, you got Beastie Boys that are playing in the background. You got the uh, the folk, was it the Folk Implosion, I believe is the name of that band. Uh, and they had that song Natural One. That song became like a big hit because of this movie. I guess I bring that up because the soundtrack back then, 90s movie soundtracks were big. I think I could, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking it might have started off with either like Pulp Fiction or perhaps maybe like Reservoir Dogs soundtrack. Quentin Tarantino was doing something with those soundtracks that sold tons of them. And I think that this one's like that too. It just it just paints such a real picture and it goes so well, accompanies so well what's going on in that. And it's, it's the time. I mean, you're hearing the Beastie Boys while they're out there skating. You know, you're hearing this folk implosion, all these songs that are just like these independent bands that weren't quite as big as they were going to be at the time. It was just part of the culture. And I, that's why I think this movie is fucking, it's, I don't want to say fucking awesome because it's really disturbing, but it's something that I think that um, most people should watch. And I, I hate to keep re- repeating myself, but it's like, there's certain things that I, like, I, I go, Oh, this part I want to talk about. I'm like, eh, I think I'll just let you people watch that on your own. If you're going to watch it, there's some crazy visuals in this movie, uh, starting with like a guy with no legs. The, the man with no legs in this movie. There was this guy that they, they, um, Harmony Kareen wanted in the movie. 
Uh, they had to go looking for this guy. They knew that he rode the train system in New York, but they didn't know where he was. They finally find this guy and they just, they, they had all their shit with him just in case they found him and they filmed him. So that scene you see where he's like walking around shaking his coins going, I have no legs. They just, mm-hmm. oh, there he is set up and fucking film this guy. That song on the soundtrack. I have no <laughs> legs. I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was. Dude, that's something that's never left me either. Like I, I, I will be like a 80 year old dude someday, God willing. And like, I'll just be singing all randomly go, I have no legs. I have no legs. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget that. They found Rosario Dawson just like walking around. I think it was Brooklyn where she lived, but she was uh, outside on a balcony and she was just hanging out singing and they just happened to walk by her and they found her. And that's just crazy. Just think if she wasn't out there that one day, like, would we, would we have a Rosario Dawson right now? Would we, (laughs) would she be in fucking Mandalorian? It's, it's, um, this cast they have is incredible. Chloe Svigny, like I said, she did full frontal in this movie, which was super disturbing. But like, she she's now she's not really afraid of doing that kind of stuff. Have you guys ever heard of a movie called The Brown Bunny? Yeah, no. It's a Vincent Gallo movie. Some it's oh my god. So like, she's just not shy about this kind of stuff. Vincent Gallo was such a uh, self indulgent director in this movie that he actually films a scene where he's getting a blowjob from from uh, Chloe Svigny. Literally, like they actually did that shit. She was way, way, I don't want to say loose. That's not the word I'm looking for, but she was unreserved. And um, I don't know if that's what made her kind of come to the attention of a lot of people and, and keep getting her in these movies. But she took chances like a lot. These kids took chances like like I've never seen in a movie before. And it paid off for a lot of them, man. I mean, maybe wait, not wait, so much. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say that she fucking did a movie with a guy and she blew him for real? I she literally blew him for real in the movie. What the fuck? That's not, that's a, that's a fucking, that's a porno. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only one scene. I've never seen the movie, but from what I understand, it's only one scene, but it's, it is, it is a genuine blow job to completion in this movie. Crazy. She took chances, man. <laughs> I guess more power to her. Yeah. Did you see the character she played in big love? I didn't watch oh, big God. love. Dude. She was incredible in that. That is the, uh, with Bill Paxton, right? Yeah, the the polygamous show. The polygamous show. That that show is amazing. I highly recommend people to go check that out. Especially if you're a Chloe Savigny fan, you've never seen that before. She's incredible in that. I'm not saying check it out for like the creepy factor, Brian, but like just to check if you ever like Google that scene, or I don't think you could find it on YouTube or something. I'm like not that. gonna be. I'm not gonna be googling. I'm saying hypothetically is all I'm getting. At. <laughs> is that? Yeah, I'm not googling just, it right it, now. No, I'll be honest with you. The only thing, the only thing, the, the only thing that I'm going to be googling is maybe how to pronounce her last name correctly. You know, I mean, <laughs> why you got to bring up old shit? Get over it already. <laughs> Get over yourself already. You fucked up on a name. We all do it from time to time. Um, well, I know, but you brought it to attention, so now I'm bringing it back on you. You threw it out there. You know, you know no, what? no, sir, no, sir. You, you, you shined a spotlight on me, and now I'm retaliating and fighting back. And you're like, no, not today, buddy. I'm still gonna kick you down. You fucked yeah. up. You said her name wrong. Just calm yourself, Brian. It's okay. We're gonna get over. You're gonna get over. So you're gonna wake up in the morning. It's gonna be a new day. Don't worry about it. You're okay. You're you got me life. watching fucked up shit. Chloe Savigny's giving blowjobs. Damn, this is just this is just a fucking. I don't know what's going on here at the Heroes of Noise. I don't. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> This is a sad, <laughs> fucking disaster show. I don't know why. In retrospect, I don't know why I talked about this one, but I'm glad I'm here with you guys, man. I, I liked her in uh, I liked her in Netflix's Bloodlines. 
Did not see that one. Yeah, with uh, Kyle Chandler and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. I'm oh, on it. Yeah, I've I, heard that show's amazing. I couldn't even tell you what it's about. Oh, it takes it's a it's a family in the that lives in the Keys in uh, in Florida, and uh, I mean it's uh, just uh, mystery and murder, and it is it, it it things just it things just ramp up from season to season. I, I would highly recommend watching the first season. It'll suck you in. It's 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 Ben Mendelsohn is just amazing in that first season. It'll suck you in much like Chloe Savigny in Brown Bunny. <laughs> I was going to say it's the opposite since Brown Bunny was sucking it off, right? <laughs> oh, my God. That, I can't believe she fucking blew a guy. Dude, I just want to. OK, for the people that are going. So how did Dan find this out? This sick fuck. I remember seeing that on uh Matter of fact, I think it was tied to kids. I think I might have been checking out something on YouTube about kids and they brought that up. And I'm sorry, I had to look at it. So yeah, I fucking Googled it. It's there. You can find this shit. I'm not recommending you do. I'm just saying it's out there. But I, I'm sorry. I had a morbid curiosity and I was like, no way. No fucking way. Yep. Totally. Blowing him right there. You see everything. It's crazy. Dan Dan had it running on a loop while he's making like, you know, bagels or something in the morning. <laughs> you, know. you call it what you want. You want to call it making bagels. You go ahead and call it making bagels, buddy. I call it something else. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You, <laughs> you know what other movie came out around this time that I felt like was really real and really disturbing was the Doom Generation. Do you remember that? I saw that movie at Lollapalooza in a tent. Yeah, that was a fucked up movie. And I was much too intoxicated to remember. But yes, I did see that movie in a tent at Lollapalooza. I've never yeah. seen that movie. I try to stay away from fucked up movies. If some, you know, like, you know, like when people tell you like, oh, this milk has gone bad and like, you know, smell it. And I'm like, fuck off. I, if it's bad, yeah. I smell it or taste <laughs> it, you know? And so, so um, people tell me like about, like if somebody tells me about a fucked up movie, it's sometimes it, like I don't like having shit burned into my brain. Like I, I have, I have stayed away from the movie strange lands because of all the stuff that I've heard people talk about from that. I've never seen two girls, one cup have no idea what fucking happens in that video. Yeah, I have stayed. I, I have no idea. I don't know what it's about. I, I stay away from that shit. I don't like having that shit bouncing around in my goddamn head. Well, allow me to enlighten you on what that's about, Brian. No, I'm just kidding. But I, 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 had to learn at a very like when did that come out probably 15 16 years ago i'm thinking i'm just putting a, a number on it but i mean we're talking well over a decade when that two girls one cup thing came out and and like i had just gotten a computer so i was checking everything out what you can see this you can see fucking oh, i mean there's a double feature for you two girls one cup chloe so big blow job i mean you were just fucking you were just yeah, that was a banner day for you, wasn't it? It was a pleasant spring afternoon. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 75 Dan, degrees outside. It was wonderful. Dan, yeah. Dan remembers the smell of lilacs in the air. <laughs> no, for real. Like I had no idea what that was. I just clicked on it. And I I just don't. Just don't. Anyone don't. I know we've all heard what two girls, one cup is. Don't fucking watch it. I well, regret the first it. time I fucking saw a blue waffle, I was like, oh my oh. God. Oh, so, yeah. Sprayed. Yeah. That's another one of those things that you do not Google. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll Google. They'll Google Blue Waffle. They'll Google, I recommend. I recommend our listeners go right now and Google Blue Waffle. We'll wait. <laughs> sure. See, told you it's fucked up, right? <laughs> click that image search button. Oh Jesus! But this, you know, I'm talking to a guy right now that was talking to me about uh, what is it? Uh, I don't. I don't follow Urban Dictionary very much. But we're talking to someone right now, Joe, that knows very well. He's fluent in the Chili Dog, I believe, the Lemon Party. <laughs> 
Brian's oh, not yeah. as innocent as he's letting him let himself on right now. I know you grew no, up in no, a church no, 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 family. No, I love I love giving people the imagery. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love fucking up somebody. I love doing that. It's so fantastic. I just don't want to put it on myself. I can separate that. You know what I mean? I can know what these things are, but man, I love giving the people the imagery. It makes me feel like I just have like I got one over on them. Like, ha, you know, I <laughs> 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 Put that little feather in your cap and move along. Yeah, I don't want to be exposed to it, but my God, I will. I'll expose other people to it. This should really be no surprise to anyone that listens to this show that I'm the one that's talking about this shit because we're so yin and yang when it comes to that stuff. Like Steve won't say fuck. He won't say shit. He won't say anything like that. And I'm always the guy that has to do the dick and ass jokes. But you know what? I grew up the way I grew up. I I was very curious about a lot of things. I didn't want to like shelter myself from stuff like that. And retrospect, I probably should have in some points, but no, man, I just, I'm always, I'm kind of, you know, within reason and where, and I know it's not being illegal. And of course I don't want to see some fucking crazy, uh, what have you, anything on the internet that I'm not supposed to be watching. I've got a morbid curiosity. I know that there's things out there and that I want to, um, I don't necessarily want to experience, but I feel like I need to at least see it one time just for reference. And sometimes I really regret Whatever, that shit. Dark web, Dan. <laughs> dark web, Dan. That's what they used to call me. <laughs> I know. Holy shit. I'm sorry. I'm going to take this to a whole different direction for just a oh, second. You because sound, it's you just, now you sound like the Wikipedia entry for everything fucked up on the internet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen to this. Have you guys, seriously, I'm totally changing the subject. Have you guys heard about that Wayfair scandal that's going on right now? Is that bullshit or not? I, I'm not sure. sure. Because okay. I've seen little hints of it, but I haven't dug enough yet to find out what's going on. So basically, they have price points on like cabinets and stuff like that, and the cabinets and the and 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 whatever they're selling, it's like way overpriced. Like you know, like uh, thirteen thousand dollars for uh, a cabinet, and it, the cabinet has a name of a either a boy or a girl, and it's a code for like child trafficking. So like, and they're unusual you, names too. They're not yeah. like it would be like, you know, Jennifer or something. They're like right. very maybe ethnic names or just, you know, names that you don't hear all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, and I'm not sure I'm and maybe I'm getting some of this wrong. But I I don't know. It's like some people are there's a whole, there's Reddit threads about it. There's uh, you know, the Wayfair's of course denying it, but like I I mean, I don't I don't know really what's going on here. Like I I Kind of looked into it, but it it sounds it sounds bizarre to me. It's all over TikTok. It's all over Twitter. Basically, what's going on is like Brian's saying. You're going to go. You well, it's all gone by the way now. But just as of two days ago, you would go on the Wayfair site. You would see like Brian's talking about a, a cabinet, a regular cheap cabinet named. Just pick an unusual name, okay? Mm. And then people were cross ref. I don't even know how people find this shit out really. Like that's, that's the, that's the weird part about it. And sometimes I wonder like, is this something that was planted and that just for, for the sake of controversy, but there are people out there that are constantly on this stuff. That's what social media does. And they found out that let's just say the name, cause I'm just not being original right now. Let's just go with Jennifer. Okay. Let's say that's an unusual name. So they have the Jennifer cabinet and then it would say something like, um, like, Oh, one, like Jennifer cabinet. Oh, one, two, three, nine, seven. Something like that. You go to the cross-reference and there's a girl from that area named Jennifer that was born on January 23rd, 1997. These cabinets that are selling for like normally less than a hundred bucks, let's say 80 bucks or something like that, are going for like $13,000. And there's just tons of them. And they're all different prices and they're all, and it's anything. It would be like, um, there was like a picture of a, like, you know, like a nursery room, a picture of like cute little picture of dinosaurs, something you'd probably pick up for like 25 bucks online. $9,000. 
and it's got a certain person's name on it with that code again. So anyway, that's that's what people are thinking is that that these people were it was like a, a secret child sex trafficking ring that was going through Wayfair. I don't know if Wayfair was necessarily the ones that were involved with this or if this was something that was maybe hacked into through the Wayfair site and just rerouted through the dark web. I have no idea how that shit works. I don't want to know. But I will say that the moment that this shit started floating around, like within an instant, someone had actually captured it on TikTok. They show these prices. They re they um <clears throat> excuse me. They refresh the screen, and now they're back to like forty nine ninety nine. Once it all became the attention, once once uh, Wayfair became the attention of the of the internet, man. So who knows? I don't know, but it's fucking crazy. I'll know in a couple of days when I receive my Samantha. So I'll oh, I'll no. let you guys know. <laughs> Fucking Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if somebody innocently ordered a cabinet and it had like a person in it. Oh, Fucking man. I bought Brian. the whole collection. <laughs> Your joke is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other reason I wanted Brian on this show because we're going to talk about fucked up shit and somehow he always knows the perfect joke for it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I love that Brian's always willing to shoot himself for the sake of comedy. <laughs> Right in the face. I love it, man. God <laughs> bless you. <laughs> um, you know, who else is willing to shoot themselves in the face? Chloe Savigny. Boom. <laughs> Pa-pow. Apparently Justin Pierce, too. As the yeah. ultimate oh. method acting. Too soon, Joe. Too soon. What did you say, Joe? <laughs> I said apparently Justin Pierce, too. Oh, shit. I know. <laughs> Actually, I think he joined the Michael Hutchins Club, if I'm not mistaken. I think they found him hanging. I don't know if he was, uh, oh. you know, uh, doing it for pleasure, but yeah, I think he was a hanging guy, but it's still a fantastic joke. Did they find that Glee star that they think drowned? I didn't know there one was, I didn't know someone Glee. I never watched the show, so it was not on my radar. Was this recently? I, yeah, I never watched Glee either, you know, but I, I saw on, um, different websites that one of the stars from Glee, they believe that she, uh, she drowned. Huh? She dancing in the rain. Oh my, come on, knock it off, knock it off. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I knew I shouldn't say it. I knew I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> no, she was sitting on the dock of the bay, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Why? She was watching the tide roll her away. <laughs> I, lo- I love that me and you are going to be sitting on the bus to hell together. <laughs> I'll probably die before you, so I'll save you seats when you get there. Right? <laughs> Mention my name. You get a free iced tea. Oh, my God. The the episode that she was on was ti- of, of Glee was actually titled Glee. Glee. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going straight to hell. It's true. Yes, we oh are. Oh. Yes, <laughs> I know this isn't kids related, but again, since we're talking about weird shit on the internet, have you heard of some app called Randonautica? Have you guys heard about this? No. No. All right. This, this is kind of in the same territory, but not really at all. So there's this, there's this uh, app, it's called Randonautica. And what it is, is you, it, you know, it pinpoints where you are and it gives you these various locations, their coordinates where you go. And I highly recommend checking this shit out on like TikTok or something like that. So these people, there's this one uh, family or, you know, brother and sister, maybe girlfriend, who fucking knows, but there's this couple, this, these people and they're down by the water. This is what made me think about that was your joke, Brian. But they're, uh, they find this suitcase. So they follow these coordinates and they go to this and they find this fucking suitcase. And they hit a stick. They get a stick and they like open it up. They pop it open and instantly get hit with like a smell of death. And they call the cops. You see all this on the video. And sometimes with with um, 
with uh, TikTok, you know, it's, it's all staged. But in this case, it's not. They called the authorities. The authorities come down and they find body parts at the exact coordinate, the coordinates rather, where the randonautica thing dropped them. So just recently, it just came out that it was actually uh, a couple, like a boyfriend and girlfriend that just went missing one day. They found them dismembered in this suitcase, parts of them anyway. And apparently they, oh. they had them scattered out all over the place. But this fucking randonautica app there's all these crazy things that happen. Like there's this one guy that goes to the mountains. He goes and he, he finds this weird little like ghost town. And there's like these weird um, mannequins in the windows looking at them. They're like placed they're, You could tell that they're strategically placed and it's just, there's always something happening. You might hear people like walking up on them and they have to like run off. And I thought, again, I thought this was just something they were doing for TikTok. This is fucking real. It's crazy that people are doing these things. And, and you very well, I guess I'm saying this is a PSA guys, like don't fuck with Randonautica because bad things are happening and I would just stay away from it. I'll get off my fucking, my little box and, and tell you I'm done, but stay away from Randonautica. But I do recommend checking it out out of curiosity. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that Chloe Savigny blew a guy <laughs> in a movie? <laughs> yep. And spit it into a suitcase and then set the coordinates on Rando Nautica. And these kids found a, a pile of spooge by the water. That's no, what that I'm is, saying. That is fucking wild. Like I am not going to go to Rando Nautica. Just like I'm Don't not going to watch no. fucking two girls, one cup. Just like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go to Rando Nautica. Well, I, I didn't do these things, but I, I had to fucking see it. Again, I like, I have that morbid curiosity. So I was at work one night. It was slow. And I plugged that thing in. And there was spots like within a mile away and it's in like people's apartments. Like there was an apartment complex by my work and it's like, you just have to go in there and it's fucking crazy. It's, it's all bad news. I just say, stay away from it. I know it has nothing to do with kids. Just letting you know. Dan, I will stick to the, uh, where's George.com where it's like, where, where has this dollar bill been? <laughs> you ever, nice you ever do the where's George? They put the where's George stamp on it. You, you go to the website, you enter in the serial number, and you get to see where the dollar bill that you have in your possession was before. Oh, it was in Raleigh, North Carolina three months ago. That's that's pretty cool, honey. Instead, Dan, you're going on a fucking like, Easter egg hunt and finding body parts in the woods and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it sounds like nightmare geocaching like what the yeah, fuck that's what i was gonna say it's like geocaching that's all fucked up i used to love doing geocaching but this kind of scares me now man am i gonna fucking come have you guys ever done that i assume you have joe brian have you ever done geocaching i haven't i've found them w while not seeking them just because i i tend to hike in really unique places in iowa and i i've found multiple geocaches i remember the first one i was like what the fuck is this it was like a uh like a vietnam army style ammunition box yeah and I was like, what the fuck is this? My buddy's like, oh, that's a geocache. I'm like, what the fuck is a geocache? And so I learned something out in the woods that day. We were up in the, like near Yosemite and my buddy's like, hey, have you ever heard? This was years ago. We're talking like fucking 20 years ago. Have you ever heard of geocaching? So we went and we did one in the mountains and then we found that another fucking box, another ammo box, just like what you're talking about. And I didn't want to open it, man. Cause I mean, think about that shit. You could, you could literally, I don't want to give, you know what? I feel like I'm giving people bad ideas here, but you could rig that shit. Maybe I've seen Rambo too many times with the shine box and shit, but you could literally give coordinates to like a bomb and have some, you know, some, some curious fool open this thing up and lose a hand, die, lose their fucking face. It's crazy, man. Stay away from the internet, ladies and gentlemen. Just listen, listen to podcasts and porn. That's it. Well, That's what this app you're describing sounds like, dude. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh my God. Dude, you're gonna, next week you're going to be like, Brian, downloads are down for Heroes of Noise. It's like you blew up half of your fucking audience. Man. <laughs>
Sorry. I apologize, everyone. Please don't lose any hands on my part. But I'm just, you know what? You should know these things. I can't give you the full story because I'm not going to fucking dive into it and lose my hand or or find some body parts in a suitcase or something like that. But this shit has happened. And it's a weird world we're living in these now. Like, I don't think it's ever been weirder. And that's all I'll say. Weird fucking times we're living in. Anyway, I don't even know how we got onto that fucking subject, but uh, or subjects. But back to this movie, and then we're going to fucking wrap it up because I think we've really talked about kids more than we probably care to. I will ask one thing from each of you, and I'm just curious. What is the scene in this movie that disturbs you the most? The final scene. I mean, pretty like pretty much the final scene. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's that final scene with, with Casper. Like, ugh. I'm going to break yeah. it down what happens. So what this movie basically, I already kind of explained what it's about, but during the course of this movie, Jenny, who was played by the, uh, <laughs> Very popular Chloe Savigny today. Can we call her by her stage name, Blowy Savigny? Blowy Savigny <laughs> it is, Brian. Thank you very much. Again, picking it up where I dropped it. So Blowy's walking around the whole time. She just finds out that she has HIV. And the whole point of this movie is she's trying to find Telly. Telly is this kid that is taken to deflowering virgins. That's his deal. He doesn't even know that he's carrying the virus and he's just walking around fucking every single, he likes him. He's 17, I think 16, 17 years old. He likes him young, like 12, 13. The movie starts off with him doing that. And that's just where it starts. Like, okay, well there's one, one down. And I think he can, I think all in all he affects, if we count Casper, I think it's four people. But when she finally, when, when, uh, when Blowy <laughs> finally finds him, they're at this party. The party's already like done. Kids are passed out all over the place. She goes in because she wants to tell Telly what's going on, but she comes to find out. She kind of liked him too because he, you know, he took her virginity. She goes into this room. She finds him with another virgin who's 12, for sure 12 in this one. And they, they're showing, the camera is going too long. Like it's, they're not really having sex in this movie, but the simulation is going on far too long. We're talking <clears throat> like 30 seconds, which is really, they did that on purpose. They wanted you to have that awkward, uncomfortable feeling. She, she sees that happen. She goes, and she sits down on this couch and all these kids are passed out and she passes out because she's been given a, uh, she was earlier at a club and this kid with like Coke bottle glasses gives her a pill telling her it's going to be like the next best thing. But really it's just like a depressant of some kind. She ends up passing out on the couch and Casper, who we really have not given enough credit to how fucked up he is in this movie. Although I think Telly actually wins out of being the most fucked up. Casper comes up to her and he's like, Hey, you know, you wake it's me, Casper. And then from that point on, he proceeds to rape her in front of all these kids who are sleeping. It's fucking disturbing. It is. Um, it goes on far too long. Well, she she's so fucked up, Dan. It, she's so fucked up by the drugs that she got earlier. It's like even if one of those kids would have woken up, they wouldn't have known that she's being raped. Yeah, because she she was basically like a limp noodle. I mean, she had like, and the way that she does this too, it's actually very, you know, it seemed realistic, I should say, because she, her body was just like, he'd pick up her arm, her arm would flap down. He, he, he puts her in a position, which I'm not going to get all graphic about or anything like that, but I see your point. Yeah. And if these kids would have woken up and seen that, they would have just thought that these two kids were just fucking, but it's a full on fucking rape going on. And, um, it just, it's just so visually disturbing. I mean, the concept of rape anyway, obviously is a disturbing thing, but to watch this happen. And again, going back to like being a father, it's, it's just a, it, this time around, it really affected me in a way that I wasn't really expecting. Like I thought I couldn't really get any more fucked up feelings about this movie, but I wasn't a father at the time, you know, and you don't like to put those kind of visuals into your head about shit that could happen in real life, but it's an eye opener. It's a, it's a public service announcement. And yeah, I would, I would definitely say that's probably the most fucked up scene of the movie. 
And then there was a part I was reading this where I got a lot of my information from. There was this article that came out and it was talking about when they were filming the movie, the production designer was really pissed off at this couch that they're on because, you know, this couch had been seen throughout the entire movie. And when they're at that scene, not only was it awkward that they're filming this with these two teenagers, but the, the, you know, the couch, you know, when couches have like a, they have a little give. So it's like, so that shit's going on for like way too long. The whole thing is just creepy as fuck. And, um, so real and so disturbing. And I, you know, and honestly, I don't, I think I'm just going to fucking punctuate it with that guys. Like, I just don't really know anything else I can say about this movie other than just watch it or not watch it, but watch it and be, watch it with a little bit of caution and know what you're getting yourselves into. Um, would you, let me ask you, let me ask you guys something. If you had kids that were 16 years old, would you recommend that they watch this movie? Like really think about that one, not trying to be Mm -hmm. funny or anything like that. If you had kids and you wanted to know of the perils that are fucking out there amongst their peers and shit that can happen at a party, would you, would you make them watch it? Yeah. You know, when my kids are older, I think this might be one, I guess, I guess it all depends on kind of what, if they're doing anything similar to what I did when I was that age, then yes, I, I would absolutely make them watch that. Um, I, I have, I just have sons. I think regardless if I had a daughter, this would be something that, that I would want her to watch. Like you said, it's like, I'm not going to watch this with you. But I think this is something you can you should watch just so you know that that this sort of evil is out there in the world and there are people that that would do something fucking horrifying like this. Um but oh dude, it's this definitely isn't a movie that I'd want to sit and watch with kids. <laughs> oh, there's no <laughs> you know? way I could do it. No, there's no be- fucking way. I don't know how your buddy's friends' parents weren't like just cringing the whole time or trying to make every excuse to get out of the room. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty, pretty open parenting style. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, were these the parents we were talking about before on the last show? No, no, but, um, you you knew a whole bunch of cool parents, didn't you? (laughs) But uh, I'll, I'll tell you more when it's not being released. When we're done recording here, I'll fill you in, Dan. And then you're going to go, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how much I'm dying to hear this story. <laughs> All right, Brian, you're up, man. Seriously, like a real honest answer. Would you, if you had a daughter, would you show her this movie? I fucking I, I had my niece and nephew over today. We watched it. So, oh really? No. Oh, fuck oh, no. Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> I was like, fuck no. I would no. I like it. De- Uncle it would Brian, depend. The coolest. It would, it would depend on um how I guess how my kids were if i saw them maybe going down like this road or hanging out with these types of people then yeah i mean but but honestly it's like you can't be there with them all the time and like these things these things can even like happen once you're you know um like the casper situation that that's something like that could even happen like once they're into like college and they're and they've moved away so i think it's it's super important i was at a party where it happened and we didn't know it was happening and it was happening oh, wow. in another room. And um, I ended up, I ended up, I was at this party when it was happening and we didn't know. We had no idea. It was all coworkers of mine. And we didn't know that this was going on. 
in another room. I ended up uh, dating the girl later and um, we never talked about it. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's important, especially for especially for um, girls like, you know, um, it's to kind of know that there's sleaze bags out there that'll do this. And then there's guys that'll say anything to get into their pants. Anything, you know, yeah. yeah. And like these young girls, like he was he when you watch him at the beginning of the movie, he's basically reiterating the exact same lines. Yeah, he uses the, the same line at the end of the movie. Exact, yeah, and it and it works. Like he knows what works. He's he's done this over and over and over again. And I kept felt I kept feeling so bad for Darcy. Like I'm just like, oh my god, he's never gonna talk. She's so important to him right now, and it's just another notch on his on his bedpost. Yep, and, only important until he gets what he wants. Yeah, and 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 the talk that they have about like. One of the like, and they're fucking idiots. They're just fucking morons. Just uh, the talk that they're having at the beginning of the movie is like, oh, you know, like if you died, you'd have like uh, 50 of these uh, women that lost their virginity to you talking about you and how you were there first and and telling their grandchildren about you. Like, what the fuck are you even saying, you moron? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are just idiots. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I'm done. I guess the only good thing I can say about this movie, uh, is that it was refreshing to see a bunch of kids not messing around on their phones. (laughs) 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 Yeah. You can't call it the good old days though. I will say the funniest, the funniest part in this movie for me was, I want to take you out to dinner. I want to yes, buy you. I want to buy you corn dogs. Corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love you, Gertie. <laughs> I just that, want to do nice things for you. I just want to take you places. <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the one liners we used to repeat all the time when we were kids. I want to yeah, buy you I mean, corn dog, girl. <laughs> yeah, there's you know. Granted, this one these days, you know, you gotta be careful when you say this stuff. But I mean. The first time I ever heard, looks like you got buckwheat in a headlock, yo. I was in tears about that shit. There's just some fucking fantastic, hilarious ni- 1990s lines. Some of the shit that just doesn't play over now in, in days like this. You know what I mean? Like, um, I often talk about Preacher. There's so much shit in the Preacher comic that just would not work these days. And I think that's a big part of why they went different directions with the show. Um, but there's things in there that whether or not there are like, you know, um, I don't want to say culturally relevant, but, you know, culturally acceptable. There are some fucking hilarious lines, man. I mean, we just came from a time, all three of us, I think more so maybe Brian and myself than you, Joe, but we come from a time where political incorrectness in comedy just wasn't present. Oh, yeah. And these guys went for it sometimes, you know, and and we laughed. We did. We admitted, you know, and I don't necessarily feel bad about those things. There are some things I'm like, oof, yeah, that was that was kind of like my my sense of humor was way different than it is now, but that's, I mean, like the butterscotch line, fucking buckwheat in the headlock, fucking, I mean, um, well, go, this back, dig. go back and watch Eddie Murphy raw. Yeah. Tell me it doesn't yeah. make you uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Even delirious is even more so, man. Mm-hmm. I think delirious might be even a little like worse than that one. Um, and I watched that shit at like, I think I was in like the sixth grade or something like that. It was just, a oh, different, yeah. it was just a different time man. we just came up differently and there wasn't so much, um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that, that political, Correctness was just so 
um, infrequently used, I guess is a way of saying it. And, <laughs> and it was, you know, I mean, we just didn't know any better or whatever, but yeah, I'm, um, just so, I'm just so glad that, you know, people on like the, uh, PlayStation and Xbox chat are just so politically correct these days. Fuck. It's a, yeah, exactly. it's a different time, sir. No, it's, it's, <laughs> that's the thing. It's really not. I mean, and I'm not, I don't even want to try and front and like make it like a, you know, like a, the, the good, uh, this, I'm the good guy and I'm seeing all the bad in the world. I'm no, just no, no, being, no, no. I'm just saying real. like, it still exists. People just do it behind screens now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the same thing. It's just all, it's all gone digital. It's all through the social network now or through social media. And, um, but that's my point. That's kind of my point. Thank you, Brian, for bringing that up. Is that thing, shit doesn't change? It doesn't. It's just it just comes up in a different form. But all these things, including all the shit that goes on in this movie, is still happening right fucking now, probably like literally still happening right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's why. I mean, you know, we were joking about it before and about how I'm I'm <laughs> I'm a sick person for wanting to talk about this kind of stuff. But for me, honestly, I just felt that it's important. This movie is an important movie. It's a movie that uh, stands the test of time, whether you like the movie or not. And it's so fucking graphic without even being graphic sometimes. And I mean, even and like we're talking like the violence that goes on too. There's a scene in this movie mm. where mm. The, the park, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the park oh, scene I know what you're talking with about. the fucking skateboard. I mean, that again, Harmony Korean made it a point to make sure that these scenes went on for an extra amount of time just to make you feel uncomfortable. And again, that's one of those scenes. I mean, they, they beat the living shit out of this guy in this park and then they hold him up. And Casper delivers the final, possibly the final blow with a skateboard right across this dude's face. I mean, they're even talking about it later in the movie. Like, you think we killed that guy? I don't give a fuck. You know, it's just. Yeah, like, nah, just, he was on the ground twitching. He was okay. Yeah, he was on the ground twitching. Oh. He's, he's going to be just fine. You know, honestly, though, I think they do bring it back like subtly where. Um, now, I always want to call her Blowy all the time. But where Chloe Signy, Savigny is talking to this other girl that hates Casper. She's one of those park girls. And she hates Casper. And she's talking about, yeah, you know, uh, Telly was with his asshole friend, Casper, and they almost killed this guy. So it makes it sound like he didn't get killed. But I don't know. I don't know. That was pretty fucking violent. And again, that shit's happening in skate parks all around the country right now. Fucking guaranteed. You just well, don't hear shit. about it. It's like, it's like that guy could have like, you know, uh, brain trauma for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. Broken yeah. jaw, brain trauma. Exp- like, mean, isn't that the same kind of shit that fucking Mark Wahlberg did to that Vietnamese dude? Wait, hold on. I'm uh, I'm drawing a blank here, Brian. Fill me in. Have you you don't know anything about this? I don't uh-uh. think so. Mark Wahlberg, and, and it was just a few years ago that he asked to be um, oh, what pardoned or something like that, or cleared of it. Like like, let me Google it real quick because like I don't I can't, I can't like tell you the whole story. But like when he was younger, he got into like a physical altercation with a with an older Vietnamese guy and like beat this guy so badly that. He um he couldn't live like a normal life for the rest of his life. Jesus, Ooh. Mark Wahlberg. Let me look this up. I know when he I'm hit him, did he say, shit. "Feel the vibration"? Yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg beats. Thank you for that mercy laugh, Joe. It was a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't pardon Mark Wahlberg's hate crime conviction. Like he was trying to get pardoned years ago. It's a uh, nineteen eighty eight assault. Mark Wahlberg, yeah, he dropped his pardon request. But um, where's what's the story? Um, I bet you it took place on a basketball court. Mark Wahlberg, I don't know. Mark Wahlberg, I I'd have to look up this story. Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, racist hate crimes, the fullest of the actors' racially motivated attacks. Um. 
Now I'm just waiting. I just want to know. I'm I'm very fucking curious what Marky Mark did. Yeah, I, I'd have to find the full story. I don't know how to find the. I I don't have it prepared, but yeah, there's a. I guess like um, there were rumors that he blinded the guy. I don't think that that's true, but like yeah, he beat up a a, a Vietnamese man. I heard that the guy was never normal again after that. Jesus, kids, what are you gonna do, dude? Fucking street fights are scary things. I was never like a fighter. Like I never. I just didn't give a fuck. I had nothing to prove. I always, I've always had the, I mean, sometimes you're going to have to, like if someone's going to come after you and you, there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it, you have to defend yourself. But I just yeah. never, I never got down with the philosophy of fighting because it's like, we have one asshole here, one asshole here. And when they fight, guess what? They're both still assholes. Maybe one of them's dead now. You know, it's just, it just never made sense to me. I wasn't the, the violent yeah. kid, even though I had to fight a few times. I always hated that shit. But yeah, man, I mean, some kids just fucking live for that shit. And, and, and I think this all kind of ties into even still into that movie. It's like, these kids were, I don't know if you could necessarily call like some of them you could, of course, but I don't know if they were all the worst of the worst. I just think that they were just a bunch of kids, particularly like when you see that scene in the park where they're all hanging out that were just feeding off of each other's energy. And it's just, a, it's a day in the life of this movie. Kids is a day in the life of a slice of life of shit that happens every day. And I, again, getting back to it, I think that's why I feel that this movie is important and needs to be talked about and, you know, brought into the 21st century, man, because again, it's this, this shit happens. And I think that people should be aware of it, whether or not it makes them uncomfortable. This movie's important. That's it. That's really all I have to say about it. Mark Wahlberg spent 45 days in prison. Did he? Yeah. He Whoa. was 16. He was 16, 1988. He was 16, spent 45 days in prison for attacking a Vietnamese man. He was charged with attempted murder and thought he had bland, blinded the man in one eye. Uh, Wahlberg would later say in many interviews that it was time, it was that time in prison when he finally decided to turn his life around. And then he applied for a pardon for the crime in Massachusetts. And then he dropped that pardon because people were like going nuts that he had dropped it. Well, the man had Johnny Trin, the man who Mark Wahlberg attacked. And I'm reading this from the guardian.com. Uh, has spoken out to forgive Wahlberg in an interview with the Mail Online's Paul Thompson. Trin said that he was not blinded by Mark Wahlberg's attack, as had been previously thought, but had in fact lost the sight in his left eye in a grenade attack during the Vietnam War. Quote, he did hurt me, but my left eye was already gone. He was not responsible for that. He was young and reckless, but I forgive him now. Everyone deserves another chance. So it's a good guy, man. I don't know if I could do that. I got to be honest with you. I think I would hold a lifelong grudge. Yeah. He he says he paid for his crime when he went to prison. I am not saying that it did not hurt when he punched me in the face, but it was a long time ago. So, I mean, do you hold Mark Wahlberg like accountable for something he did as an angry 16 year old teenager or can we, can we forgive him? You know, I mean, and this guy did so uh, i think i think i think we should forgive the guy that's oh yeah like i'm not going on the attack on mark Wahlberg. i'm just saying personally like i could i could say that it would be all fine and dandy to say that in the news and everything but and i'm not even trying to be funny do you think this motherfucker cringes when he hears like mark Wahlberg songs or or you know like marky mark or he sees mark Wahlberg on tv i think you're still gonna think about that every single fucking time you see that guy sure personally yeah that's i think no way not to yeah, I couldn't. I, you know, I know the whole forgive and forget thing, but that's, I mean, I don't know. Let's just say that I've still got some memories from people when I was a teen where like, you know what? I wouldn't fucking piss on this guy if he was on fire, you know? <laughs> and that's maybe that's just me. Going well, maybe back, the, looking at yeah, his 
career. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, look, going back and looking at his career, like look at like that movie Fear, where he played that angry. Oh, he played it well oh, too. Yeah, yeah, and so like, I'm, you know, and like the, the yelling, the angst, and it's like, did you know, like it was? Is that how he was going after this guy? Like, what is he really playing a character in Fear, or is that who he was at one time? Right? Was like, he just channeling what he used to be, or yeah, what he was at that time? Yeah, you're right. His character and how mean and like reckless he was in the Basketball Diaries, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what were you saying, Joe? I cut you off, dude. Well, I was going to say, do you think that like he maybe wrote this guy a big check at some point, <laughs> like out of feeling bad? I was going to say, maybe this guy, when he thinks about that happening, he thinks about the big check he got <laughs> and not the Shay. ass whooping he got years before. You know what? A little cash wouldn't hurt. <laughs> from Mark, you know, I mean, I would take it. Sure. Oh, I still hate you, but I'll take your money. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> I, I would. I would be asking for monthly Wahlberg checks. You know what I mean? I just want free Wahlburgers for the rest of my life. Oh God, Wahlburgers! My dad loves <laughs> that fucking show. I've never watched an episode. My dad fucking loves Wahlburgers, and then I got to hear about that fucking show when I talk to him on the phone. It drives me fucking crazy. Like, Dad, I don't watch this. I've never seen an episode, nor have I had a burger. But uh, it's a catchy name. Oh, but it's they've got their own fucking channel on Pluto TV. If you want to watch it, there, Dan, go to Pluto TV. You got Wahlburgers twenty four fucking hours a day. I'm in. That's I'm doing so it weird. today. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, by, by the way, before we do this, I, I, I think I have to. I'm going to go ahead and get a rating, but I want to hear your ratings first. You don't have to do the silly thing, but oh, numerically. Numeri- fuck off, Brian. Numer- <laughs> numerically. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, like, how disturbing <laughs> can we get on this? Like, oh, now now I want it, man. Come on. You're, you know what? You've got a creative mind. Help me out. Four just, out of five what? Five out of five corn what? Dogs. Just corn dogs, man. Let's keep right. it safe and say corn dogs. <laughs> how many? <laughs> oh, how many corn dogs? I'll give it a I'll, I'll give it a three point five out of five corn dogs. Fair enough, Joe. Four out of five blunts in the park. Nice. I'm with you. I'm going four out of five skateboards to the dome. That's my <laughs> final. And I go higher up like that because, again, I think this movie's relevant and should be seen. But go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't give it four out of five as a ways to be like, this movie's awesome. I give it four out of five because this movie absolutely accomplished telling the story it set out to tell. And I think it definitely accomplishes leaving viewers with the feeling that it's meant to. And for that reason right there, it's for me, it's definitely four out of five. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. I know this was a disturbing conversation, but it was fun and I love talking to you guys. And uh, of course, you're always welcome back anytime. Brian, thanks for giving me the pass this weekend. I really appreciate it, brother. And it's always good talking to you. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, man. You're a good guy. We talked about Cl- Blowy Sig. What did we learn today? We learned that uh, Chloe Svigny did a blowjob, a real blowjob on screen. That's something I taught you today. And I want you to take that with you. Uh, we learned that uh, Mark Wahlberg was a, uh, a felon, perhaps, maybe a felon, an ex-felon. That was a pardon. Went to prison for 45 days, asked for a pardon, but they said, fuck no. And so he withdrew it. We learned all kinds of stuff today. All kinds of weird shit. He had a third nipple too. Did you know he had a third nipple? Incidentally, so did Tilly. Yeah. Triple nipple. Wow. That's my triple nipple, girl. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are fucking great. I love you guys, man. Seriously. I consider you friends and it's so good to hear your voices. Uh, We're going to go ahead and end the show real quick. But before we do... Make sure you're listening to Brian and Joe on their various podcasts, meaning 
Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers, Joe from the Start Cast, both of them on Number One Comics. It's a great fucking comic uh, podcast if you like that. If you like knowing about new comics as they're coming out, the first you know the first issue, they're going to tell you, do you want to keep going? Should you just fucking put it down and try something else? That's the show you need to listen to. It's also got Rebecca, lovely Rebecca, and I'm sorry, I feel bad. Is it Dustin Rod? Rod, God damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, Rod. We can we can I float that to man. him and ask if we can start calling him Dustin. We'll find out. I'm just gonna call him. Yeah, yeah. I apologize I about that. You know what? You fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, I know. In my defense, I was very fucking intoxicated when I met him. I apologize. It was a Saturday night. There was crazy things going on that so night. Many I apologize. Every about. time when we record number one comic books. Rod is like, and the whole night, all he did was call me Dustin. All <laughs> night, Dustin this, Dustin that. I'm sorry, man. I feel bad now. I feel like an ass. But you know what? I was trying. I was trying. Rod, I apologize, man. Hey, Rod. <laughs> I'm just hey, hey, Brian, do you know how to pronounce Rod's last name? <laughs> I would guess not. I guess you'd probably fuck that one up it's too. It's Rod Theron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was Theron. Maybe Taron. Who fucking knows? Dude, your listeners, your listeners that have never heard me before hate my fucking. <laughs> I want you to know I understand completely. Seriously. I self loathe more than anyone on the planet. So, you know what? I actually started a fucking community where we hate on me together so you can join that community. It's the uh, I hate Brian uh, leftover Brian community. And there's probably about 17 members right now. So you can feel free to join. You say these things, but I know the real Brian. And I fucking think you're one of the greatest guys ever, man. Thank you very much. I'm not going to get cheesy on you, but I want to say thank you for all the help that you've given Heroes of Noise. Um, You've given me a bunch of fucking great advice. We hung out. We had a very, you know what? Real quick, the fucking lobby. I know it's been talked about over and over again. One of the funnest fucking times I've ever had while I was out of town. So if, you, if you're really thinking that way, which I know you're not, ladies and gentlemen, this guy's fucking great. He's, he's the best. <laughs> fucking love Brian. Joe, you're fucking fantastic. You guys both get like awesome. Like we get emails and shit. Like when you guys came on uh, differently, obviously at different times, but uh, it was like the highest show, the highest downloaded show we got when Brian was on and everyone fucking loves Joe and the stories that we told on that one, which will listen, listen to that last episode because we tell some very telling tales about our youth on that one. And uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> you guys want to get a hold of the show? You can hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That is Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. Reach us on Twitter at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public. Steve, who is not here, but we wish he was, at SC underscore Hudson Music. And find all of this information at www.heroesofnoise.com. That's where it's at. That's where we want you to go. Subscribe to the shows, subscribe to our friend shows, and all of that stuff. And with that, we're going to end the show. But guys, again, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, I just fucking love talking to you. I'm going to leave it at that. Ladies and gentlemen, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace.